That's a hot take. Swing it around American flag, because that's what America's supposed to be. It's supposed to look like terminally chill. The insurance commercial has a fat ass, but like no personality. Yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. (laughs) No, goddammit. Isaac, New Noise is not the first fucking refused album. Rip Isaac a new one today. Do you know what I mean? Like... Don't touch my records. Ever. What's up, guys? Welcome to Hot Takes. Hi. Hot Takes is a bi-weekly vaporwave talk show with myself, Young Shido, and... Skeleton Lipstick. Every single, well, every other Monday, we like to uh, join you guys in the uh, the internet realm to uh, to discuss uh, our hot takes, opinions, argue a little bit, debate a little bit, geek out a little bit, and just spend time as a community just enjoying music and art. Um, we're going to need y'all's help to, uh, oh, you're going to need, uh, okay, just muted that. Let me know if the audio is coming in good, too quiet, too loud, if I need to mute Dr. Chris, if the music's too loud, too quiet. Uh Fiber's running a little late, but should be here on time. Fiber is our... Oh, thanks, Sodicus, for hosting. Uh, as you can see, our special guest of the night. But uh, to allow our good friend Fiber some time to uh, to get settled in, we're going to go ahead and launch today's episode with a... I guess we'll start with a recommendation. I feel like the hot take and then the guest makes more sense. What do you think? That makes perfect elegant. Uh, it's an elegant idea. That's how we should be doing it. Let's do I that. I think this is how we that's, do it usually. That's going to be the routine from now on. Um, we're figuring this yeah. out live, y'all. I think that kind of already was the routine. We just didn't even realize it. Right. Okay, so I actually have a two-part recommendation because I want to awesome. uh, showcase a member of the community, but then I also want to showcase something that I found lately that was kind of cool. I'll start with my, uh, my, uh, my find. Um, it's not really a Vaporwave album, but uh, Teen Days from the early 2010s oh. chill wave movement is still making music. Teen Did days. you know that? I love Teen Days. I didn't know they were still making music, and I love Teen Days. I once got Good. compared in somebody's review to a combination of uh, Panda Bear, Teen Days, and Neon Indian, so I was like, uh, oh, okay. I love Teen Days. That was such a, such a wonderful compliment to get compared to Teen Days. Um, what, that is a glowing. Well, so um, I don't remember exactly when it came out, but it was maybe last year or the year before. They have an album out called Bioluminescence, and it really kind of showcases kind of the more ambient and kind of like housey side of Teen Days' repertoire. There's also yeah. some really, really enjoyable kind of like uh, almost Boards of Canada-esque stuff going on in there with like a little uh, a little kind of decayed sounding guitar part. Uh, yeah. Very, very, uh, very early Tycho sounding kind of almost. Mm. Or like or like if, if Lone was much, much less danceable. Um, it looked, which would kind of be like crippling loan a little bit, but almost like a combination of like old boards of Canada and Tycho. Very beautiful. Oh, highly recommended. That's a really good combination. <laughs> Honestly, oh, wow. I was blown away. Uh, I heard um, the opening track near, which is a, a yeah. slow burner. And it's a very like emotional kind of melodramatic song. It doesn't really sound like a chill wave song, but I liked it a lot. Uh, and I can definitely recommend if any of you guys are chill wave fans or fans of vapor adjacent music, check out teen Daisy's bioluminescence he's still going strong um he has a side project as well a more like lo-fi house-esque side project but we won't get into that um that's my that's my find i also want to showcase luxury elite has a new ep out y'all 
just dropped the other night dance party ep you got to check out luxury elites latest drop kind of out of nowhere obviously i knew about it but kind of out of nowhere uh all of a sudden she drops three banging tracks that uh i guess are i can't wait i haven't heard this yet i can't wait to hear it i guess they're outtakes been out of town oh yeah bro you've been you've had a very 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 busy weekend so if you haven't checked out luxury elites dance party ep somebody lux is in the chat go ahead and link that shit uh lux theme uh and a couple other really cool tracks that she's been working on lately uh very very up tempo very upbeat um very fun uh they fit in well with her aesthetic and her vibe and her sound and her look but i guess they are more like outtakes from the upcoming album um, so yeah, definitely recommend you check out Teen Days' Bioluminescence and Luxury Elite's Dance Party EP. Looks like a couple people linked it. Thanks, Chris. I mean, Lux linked it too, but I didn't see she linked it. But yeah. That's all I got. Um, you said you had a hot take ready for us. Oh, sure. All right. Um, hot take. Okay. So this hot take is a bit more um, themed towards DJing. Okay? Cool. So... Let's talk a little bit about DJing and moving to the next step professionally kind of with DJing, right? All right. So when we start, we obviously all start on controllers, right? Right. And we still mostly use controllers, and we've been sort of um, getting used to using controllers. But I have to say, that is really not a substitute for learning to use CDJs. I'm not saying you need to buy CDJs. I don't own CDJs. Good. But you're going to need to learn to use them, like all of you guys out there. If you want to move from being considered an amateur to being seen as someone who is versatile and can work in different venues, you have to learn CDJs. This is, <clears throat> I used to be like a little bit about, I used to be a little kind of lenient on this, and say like well it's whatever equipment you have and no big deal but like you gotta learn to use them is you have to learn to use them like i mean isaac you you know you've used them before right obviously like i know once. you have and yeah but you well, you you knew you had to use them so you learned yeah to use which them means you have to learn record you box. did it yeah well it's like you need to learn to how to yeah i mean i actually don't never even dj'd with record box in my life but i just use it to um, wow. format my USB stick okay. and I just put it in the thing and I, I put it in the, you know, I, I've set cues on Rekordbox, nice. like just by like you know, just by like playing it without hooking up a, a controller to it. Mm-hmm. I've set my cues on it before, but I've actually never DJed with Rekordbox. I've DJed on CDJs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, this is really important. I'm not going to lie that if you want to play big clubs, if you want to move from being an amateur DJ who does house parties or basement shows and you want to be taken a little bit more seriously or you want to move to the next echelon like you don't have to buy cdjs that's absolutely not necessary oh yeah good but maybe you can rent them and try them out or maybe you have someone who's a friend and you can get used to playing them but like i can't i can't you can't use the excuse of oh i'm not familiar enough oh i'm too nervous oh i need to practice a lot let me tell you guys i never really had a chance to practice on cdjs i was given the you know the residency position at the barbary to do my party and uh, they have CDJs because they're a club so do you know what I did I went on YouTube and I looked up how to oh, use CDJs and I was like okay all right all right okay got it uh, you know it's fine because you can do all your practicing on the mm-hmm. controllers right if you've been playing if you've been DJing with controllers guess what you could probably DJ with CDJs like right. you, people need to stop it's being pretty afraid similar. of 
people need to stop being afraid of things they don't understand because if you're you know you're a dj like you that's part of the job is like you have to be comfortable moving into whatever you're given to do what you need to do okay right because being a dj it's it's not like a show right it's it's a party you have to actually just be able to to not worry about yourself and worry about the party you have to learn <clears throat> cdjs if you want to be taken seriously if you don't want the techno people to laugh at you like right. you gotta do it and like let me tell you the people who know how to use cdjs are like 20 times more likely to get booked by me at Terminal Chill than people who don't. Because it's a bitch, man. It's a bitch when people come in and bring all their different controllers and give me this shit about, I'm too nervous to use that. I'm so comfortable with this. Motherfucker, you're a DJ. You're moving into different echelons of your career. Get yep. fucking comfortable. <laughs> like, I don't have time to handhold. So that mixer so, like, you bought is collecting dust now, I see. Uh-huh. And, like, here's huh. the thing. Like, and like once again, you know, um, you, you got to learn to use them. Like, unless you're, like... Unless you're, like, a big, big vaporwave person, like, I don't fucking know, St. Pepsi or James from DDS, like, right. I'm sorry, you're going to have to learn to use these. Or, and, like, here's the other thing, you can, or, or you can bring yourself a controller, maybe, that's a little bit small and is, like, an all-in-one controller, like, one of those Denon pieces that I've seen, right. like, like, I've seen people like Frank Jobsy or Wizard of Loneliness have. Like, you can bring that, too. I but, like, saw I'm tired that. of computer. I'm tired of computers. I'm tired of computers in the front of the <laughs> DJ stands at fucking parties. Nobody does that. Stop doing that. Like, you can get used to it. And it, listen, if it's a local, if it's a show, this is different. Mm -hmm. A show yeah. is different. If you're DJing and it's a show format, right? Bring whatever you want. Bring your computer. Bring your this and that. But right. if it's a party where we're not supposed to, where we're like, it's not about us. It's not about waiting for us to get set up. It's right. about the it's about the crowd and it's about crowd control. Mm -hmm. Like and like I'm now switching between RCA cables without stopping music because I because you like brought your stuff with you and like there's a million things I have to set up for the things that you're comfortable with. No, I'm actually thinking I don't now I don't even own CDJs myself. Okay, I actually practice on the controller as well. I set my shit up on a controller. Well, they're well, like six thousand dollars. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I think I'm going to have to invest in some so kids who are not comfortable with CDJs can just fucking come to my place and practice there. Or, like, I'm literally maybe going to have to do this for the party because like, I can't have, like, people coming in and not being comfortable with CDJs. This is just the way it is. You know what I mean? So you I mean, must be pretty you know good. At, you must be at pretty good at beat matching by ear then. Well, yeah, that's how, how else do you beat match? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I mean, like, a lot of people who use... A lot of people who use like virtual DJ or controllers just use the sync button, or they look at the waveforms. Well, or, I know, use the, the sync button too occasionally, right? I yeah. use the sync button too, but like I just listen to it in one ear and I keep hitting the fucking Q button until it lines up, right? And then I loop it. <laughs> like, how go. is that? This oh, is a rocket science. Okay. Uh, well, everybody right? has different techniques, and it's always kind of cool to like watch well, and learn. Well, this technique works. This technique is really easy to do. <laughs> you guy. listen to the fucking song in your head with like the Q button on. You hit right. beep, click. Click, click until it's right. Right. And when it's right, ah, loop that bar. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, it loop is a lot easier to loop on, on CDJs. It's kind of hard to do that on tiny controllers. And listen, if this is this is only for like big dance parties. Like, if I was throwing a regular sh like a show style now, and, and as you have you heard me say before, there's a huge difference between what a show is and what a dance party is, right? Shows about performers. Mm -hmm. The people who go to shows are there to see the performers, right? Then right. only the performers. And it's not a dance party where people just wander off the street or people get a flyer for it and they see what the format is. They're not even really looking at who's going to be there. They're looking at what the format is mm -hmm. for the event, whether it's a golf who's party, golf be there, dance where party, it's at, indie yeah. dance party, techno uh -huh. dance party. They kind of look at the people who are playing. But if it's a dance party, this is like all about the crowd, right? And the crowd is not – it's not about you. So like a lot of people come in who are just artsy 
see kids who want to see what's going on or regulars who usually come to the club or even just people right. off the street. They just they walk in, right? And then yep. you, we convert them into the vaporwave world. Hell right? yeah. That's how we do this shit, right? Hell yeah. That's how we fucking do and this. And thank God a lot of the stuff that you we got, play so, is... So that, so that, means, that means there's not as much understanding or forgiveness for people waiting for people to set up oh, the show not. we take like the 10 minutes in between each person to set up and let them get comfortable there is no like you know that's like the thing about it here's the trade-off with a dance party right is that you'll get a bigger crowd for a dance party than you do a show you'll get more people interested in a dance party than you will for a show right but there's a little less forgiveness for if you fuck up at a True. dance party than if you don't a show. Beat match, a dance right? party, if the de- well, just if you, the music stops. Let's let's not even get the beat matching. Let's just say the music stops. Mm-hmm. Then it's like you had one job, DJ. You exactly. had one job, and there's so exactly. mad at you. You have actually many jobs as a DJ, right? right? You're 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 controlling the energy of the crowd. You're you're moving things forward. You're bringing them places and bringing them out of places in a gradual way. But they don't care. To them, it's you have one job: the music. You have one job. The music's supposed to play. Yo! <laughs> like, so, speaking of, is Fiber coming in soon? Uh, yeah, that, he just jumped Fiber in. Fiber uses, and he uses CDJs, and the first time I saw Fiber use, the, uh, the first time I saw Fiber was at Pad Chennington's um, uh, event, right? Aesthetic Nights, and Fiber was killing it on CDJs, and he's like, I've never used these before. Are you fucking <laughs> like, serious? That, That's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a fucking professional. <laughs> Like, so, he knows how to roll with the punches. You got to be professional if you want to be a DJ. It's very different than being just a straight-up artist. You know what I mean? Artists we have some sensitivity for. There's none of that sensitivity in the DJ world. So oh, no, absolutely not. You shit if together and learn some DJs, vibes, guys, off. or else you're never going to get to the next echelon. You don't have to use them all the time. You don't have to use them at every gig. I go to gigs and there's no CDJs. Guess what? I bring my controller. I'm back to that. Right. Honestly... You know, but you got to know how to use them or else like, and let me tell you, like, I'm going to maybe like really start being a little bit more serious with that with Terminally Chill because it's just um, either CDJs or standalone controller. But I'm like, I'm tired right. of computers all the time. Like Fanticat uh, has also, that XDJ RX too. And that's she very does. similar. Hey, she does. I kind exactly. of really she want one that. of those, man. Pat, Pat has something like that too. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Frank has something like that. I believe uh, Waz, uh, Waz, Wal, Wizard of Loneliness, he's got something <laughs> like that. I know Randy's got all kinds of different oh, stuff, yeah, right? yeah. all kinds of dented equipment, you know. But, like, all these people, they, like, they know how to get shit done quickly. They're very professional. Every, all those people I just mentioned are, like, extremely professional people. They're, like, on time. They have their shit together. They have their sets together. The music doesn't stop when they're performing. And, like... That's the deal, guys. Like, it's like I used to think it wasn't a big deal, but just being in the DJ world for longer and longer, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, you're there. They're going to look at you. They're going to look at you. You're going to look at you like you're an amateur if you can't use them. It is what it is. Like, the techno people, the promoters, the club owners, they're going to, like, look you up and down like you're an amateur if you don't know how to use them. So... Um, unless you're really big, uh, big, unless you're really, really big performer, you know, like you're gonna want to have this edge, or else mm-hmm. you're they're gonna you're gonna be behind. And like, don't be afraid of them. They're not that hard. Right. They're really not. Like, just fucking put have cool music ready to go. And and really the concerned. four on the floor format makes it really easy. If you're doing future funk well, or lo-fi house, it's just boom, 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 you, boom. How man, do you fuck you know, that up? Well, I don't know. I can tell you, you fuck that up. Is because like sometimes it's like the you know sometimes you can't really. You know, the, the it's there is no intro in some of those songs, right? Like there's no four beat intro with like no with just drums. And sometimes there's a lot of shit going on in those songs too. And like and sometimes the sampling is like a little woozy on off. You can totally fuck it up. I mean you can fuck right. up anything you want to True. fuck up, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but and it's usually you fuck it up. Trying to be nervous, encouraging right? here. <laughs> yeah. Abs- oh okay. You, you usually fuck it up with oh, vibrary wanna... Oh fuck. All right. Well, uh, well I guess we'll be back again. Sorry, I know oh. that's making you I got a trim yeah. today, and now my double chin's showing. What's up, y'all? You know, 
once again, guys, like I don't have CDJs. I mm -hmm. practice on a controller, and I still use a controller. And if I'm going to a place that doesn't have CDJs, yeah, I'm going to bring my controller. All right. But I'm going to go ahead and just – I'm going to – a wise words anymore. from – No excuse anymore at this point. If you want to move up to the echelon and play big shows or big venues or big clubs, it, just, it also looks stupid like when you have the computer in front of you. I'm sorry. It, like, it looks like you're doing homework. <laughs> what the fuck? That's funny. Wise words from the sage, uh, skeleton lipstick, inventor of the first paper dance party. Here, I know, chill. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's expensive. You know what I mean? I get it. Like you, it's like, but you know, figure it out. Just Average controller somewhere enjoyer. else, or just just fucking go in there, and it's just like anything, anything else in life. It's like you really don't know how to use it till you're forced to use it, and if you fuck it up, and you know, you, there's there's stakes. You know what I mean? Like you know, once again, it's just not. It's a much less forgiving world in DJ land than it is right. in artist land. So, like, just know that if you want to be a DJ, just you you need to have thick skin and you need to beat your nerves. You know what I mean? You I feel like uh, shit that you're not always comfortable with. You know how many times I go to a DJ gig and like nothing is fucking set up and nobody knows how to set anything up. And I don't even know how to set anything up because it's not my fucking club or not my fucking venue right. space all the fucking time. All the time I go to these venues and like the sound guy's like, huh? or he's not or he's absent or the promoter I'm working with has no idea what to do or I'm the promoter and I get it. there and and the club's not set up, and the sound system isn't working. I mean, at Terminally Chill NorCal, just this weekend, right, we get there, right? To our, I'll wait till Fiber gets here to tell the story, but it's pretty Yeah, funny. you know what? He says but he's like, good to go, and everything works. All right, yeah, long story short, though, uh, let, actually, no, we'll just wait till Fiber gets here. Let me get his opinion. Yeah, you want to go ahead and bring him on in? Let me get this TV static taken off. Let's bring in Fiber right yeah, now, the fantastic, inimitable, future punk pioneer, Montame Records owner, uh, opening up a new studio recently. What? Um, he has a studio? Yeah. Wow. I believe that's what, yeah. Hey, you're on here twice. Yeah. You're on here twice. This is awesome. I'm going to have to set oh. up the capture for Fiber, but go ahead and unmute yourself, buddy. If you can hear us, go ahead and... Uh, Bring yourself on in. Get on camera. We are ready for you. Oh, my God. This looks terrible. Mm -hmm. you, got, you got it. You got it. We're getting some audio you from you. Hey. Well, you, oh. you look a lot like Dr. Chris right now, but hold tight while oh, he's in the, He's in my section right now. Oh, my God. Can you hear me now? Yes, I sure can. I can hear you. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was a weird bug that was going on right now. Um, like, I set all of this up at my fiance's like place because I can't really do it at home uh, because right. of like some extenuating cir circumstances yes. and uh, I set everything up I was like ready to go and then yeah. I was like oh god my microphone keeps cutting out because there's like oh, no. this glitch with this stupid scarlet scarlet <laughs> interface with just discord with um, just discord just discord like if I so oh, basically I had to pay right now for like a, a hundred dollar <laughs> program no, so that I can reroute my mic audio. I needed it anyways. Yeah. I needed what it is it loopback or whatever? But, you know, guys, uh, I'm yeah, so sorry about the craziness that I have going on with the. Uh... No, it's it's fun. I'm enjoying <laughs> this weird. This version is of the uh... that's happening on yeah, the screen this, right now. This is the this is the um, anybody who uses OBS knows exactly what I'm doing. But anyways, we're this so excited to have you, this. Alex. That's why I'm glad you do this. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank I you. I love the shirt that you have on. Thank you, yeah, thank yeah, you. I, super cool looking. It's funny. I have this. I have this shirt at, that I wear a lot at like uh, events, and then there's another shirt that um, that I wear that it's like a Mayoko shirt. Uh, like I don't know if you've seen like the Twitter artist like Mayoko. She does like a lot of really cool like anime. Lower fiber volume a tiny bit. Lower fiber. All right. Yeah. Let me. I, I, let me. Do you want to do it, Alex, flipping. or you want me to get it? 
Yeah, well, I'm actually clipping. You so got it. Give me a quick second. Is that better? Yeah, yeah chat, better. chat. Let us yeah. know. Let yeah. us know if you can hear Fiber. If he sounds okay. Uh, if you want me to mute him. with everybody. Future funk, future funk. Hell yeah! There we go. Yeah, man. What are those Game Boys? Looks like a Game Boy Advance, an original Game Boy. Yeah, uh, they're like the nunchucks. Uh, oh like hell SNES yeah! Controller on here. I, I got it. it at Magfest when I performed uh, Magfest first. So Ooh, what is yeah. what is Magfest? You'll you don't know to... about Magfest. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, you don't know what Magfest. Oh not, my he's god. Not on, he's not on our. He's not on the East Coast. So no. Magfest is like this uh, is this convention that goes on in like National Harbor, Maryland, really close to DC and like okay. Alexandria. Gotcha. And the main premise of it is like you know how there's like anime conventions and like comic book conventions yeah. Yeah. and conventions for tech stuff and nerd stuff and whatnot. Gotcha. Magfest is like all of that combined into one. Oh, so there's wow. Art, okay. There's anime, there's music, there's performances from from live artists niche perform performances um, oh man uh, like kind of everything goes a lot of like, set they up do, it is amazing Isaac they do like amazing. parties in the hallway of like hotel rooms like all yes. night <laughs> oh holy and shit people are partying all night long it's really fun I, all of the shows the last show that I did at the last MAGFest was insane I actually had like a head like the like one of the heads at at a department at Magfest contact me lately. That's about so cool, a project dude. Project that I can't really disclose Hell yeah. much info about, but it was really exciting. It was because um you you guys saw that phone number thing that I that yes, I put up. Yes, um, I did. It was like, I did see yeah, that. Yeah, it was to promote some new tracks and whatnot, and the voicemail kind of goes to like this like preview that I have especially created for the phone number when people call. So gotcha. it's like a sneak peek of the song, but it's but it's unique to the phone number itself. And I opened up that line because it's just a Google voice line. Discoholic right. and I did something very similar. I was actually the one that showed him how to do like the Discoholic no way. Anonymous. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so yeah. sick. Yeah, because he wanted to do that, and we, we set up the phone number like once when, when he like came over. And basically, like, I, I pretty much, like, I was really bored at work, like, last week, and I was like, screw it i'm just gonna start picking up calls so i post i, like I was it. like hey you know what i've i'm 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 on the line call me let me know uh what's on your mind and i got some really nice calls you know some some people that like said that like you know my music like they they heard it at a very specific important like part of their like life or they met somebody really important or like mm -hmm. they have really good memories like listening to like a track off of an album that I put out or like a single that I put out when I was like 17, 18. Mm. And Sick. I forgot to like pretty much like set that line back on do not disturb later in the day. So I check my email and I have uh, like a like a transcribed voicemail that's like, uh, hey, I don't know if this is your number or not, but I'm one of the head like I'm one of the heads at one of the departments that's like running Magfest, and I want to talk to you. You know what? I'll just DM you on Twitter. Okay, bye. And I like immediately called them back, and they were like, Oh, I I didn't expect you to actually call me back. And yeah, we just oh wow, so that's so cool. Some stuff in the works. Um, really excited to hear more about that. I saw it. I like freaked out. You deserve it, bro. You've been working so hard for many many years. Yeah, get it, man. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Today, today is uh, today was definitely uh, was definitely an example of like one of one of my harder days. I mean, I've been, I'm pretty much back to working 40 hours a week because gotcha. I have like a I have like a job over at my university. Um, yeah. So I like worked from nine to five, got home, did audio engineering, 
planned out some on-time releases. I'm planning, like, a show, hopefully, Bro, sometime in September or October when, like, the COVID. I do, actually. I do. I, I, <laughs> it's funny. I actually, I usually go to bed at, like, now, like, 11.30. Oh, yeah, you, you did I'm tell like, me that you like to get yeah, up early. Like, yeah, like I'm a I'm a big baby now. Like I used to I used to wake I was used to go to bed at like two three a.m. and mm-hmm. then like my fiance and I like we started working out more and like you know kind of like being more fitness centric like lately. Good on so you. So she kind of fixed my sleep schedule. We'd like I've been waking up at like six thirty to go to the gym. So this is actually a pretty is going to be a pretty late night for me. But oh, I'm a big what? fan. We appreciate it, man. We'll make it well a, worth yeah, your time. Appreciate it very much, buddy. Uh, I'm a I'm a big morning person. I like getting up early in the morning. I enjoy oh, I it because it. I feel like when it I'm has up, grown on me as well. Con- it gives me a sense of control. Like I'm like okay, yeah. good, the whole day is ahead of me now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're very very yeah, uh, so like. Yeah, it's just really nice to be able to just wake up in the morning and get just, like, stuff ticked off of, like, yeah. you know, this is, Absolutely. like, the shit I got to do, like, every single day. And just be able to do that, like, earlier, you know? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you have the whole day to basically, you know, you can fit in time to take care of yourself. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, a very big advocate for that. If there's one thing the pandemic has really taught me, it's that, um, you know, like, taking care of, like, your mental and physical health is just as important to the creative process as everything else is. Um, so I've Absolutely. really been trying to focus on that, especially because I've been, uh, I've been sacrificing that a lot, like in school, mm-hmm. um, and and I I kind of refuse to just go back to that like lifestyle of just like, you know like, like studying until three a.m. every night, waking up at like, God knows like what time, like seven a.m., eight a.m., Ooh. and just repeating the process over and you over mean, again, it's eating like cup that's noodles, like, like, dude, like, particularly in college and stuff. That sort of behavior just gets normalized because you yeah, just go to the is. library and everybody else is doing it, and you're like, and everyone is exchanging their war stories about how late they were up, right? And it just it yeah, sucks, man. I, you fall into it. You're like, it feels like, oh, there's that the only way to do this? It's right. not. No, it's not, and and I think that like the, one of the things, like one of the big road road blocks in my life, um, especially like when it came to school, was you know when I transferred over to computer science because it was really something that I wanted to do. You know, like it's it's good sustainable income and it's stuff that I'm mm. like that I'm really I'm really uh, passionate about doing. I really yeah, that's like good. coding and just like software development in general as well. Um, and the one thing when I was trying to get into the major, which luckily I did, were people always telling me, oh, there's this one specific class or like these two specific classes and they're the hardest thing you'll ever do in your oh life. Oh my God. I failed that class three times. It was so hard. And like, it's like a badge of really honor or some shit. Like, yeah, it's like a badge of honor to like in these classes. And it, it like, it really like, it really freaked me out. It freaked yeah. other people out. And it was just like. And then I got through that class, and it was, yeah, it was hard, but it wasn't like, like, I just put work into it, and I know that's, mm-hmm. that's easy to say, you know, like, I mean, a lot people of... Wanna, people want to normalize but, that know. stuff because mm-hmm. they don't want to feel bad, so they want to just make you yeah. scared, too, and it's, I don't know why people do that to each other. I mean, that's what they did with yeah, orgo, you know, organic chemistry when oh I was in my college, God. right? Oh, my God, it's, I don't even... I, no, no, I'm so no, glad I didn't have to take Orgo. No, 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 but the thing is, it's not that big Sounds a deal. Sounds like a character right? from it's an 80s It's really cartoon. not that big a deal. So, the same way this class Orgo. is like, well, if you don't see it as a big deal, you don't treat it like a big deal, you treat it like a, it's just a normal class, like you could, you just get, it's a little harder, but you'll get through it, you know? You don't have yeah, to fall into I, it. it here, and here's the thing, like, at my school, um, not to 
kind of like delve into its left. But the thing that one of one of the hardest points, like educationally for me, was not taking these specialized computer science classes that I'm taking, like as I'm finalizing like my major. It wasn't any of like the work that I had to really do to get here. No, it was the prerequisites. And mm -hmm. in that instance, there was I really wanted mm -hmm. to take chemistry. So I mm -hmm. literally took Chem 101. Yeah. And the the only professor that actually took it, and this is going to sound like, you know, every other college student, like probably like a broken record, but <laughs> she was the only professor that was really teaching this one class at a time. And she was tenured and she was making a lot of money, like doing research on the side and was required to teach this one class. And she just didn't care. She didn't care. People failed. She heckled people. She pretty much made people's lives like constantly a living hell. There's like, you know, there's like, um, there's like SDS, like student, like disability services that, you know, I get extended test time because I have mm. like ADHD and whatnot, um, mm. which I haven't had to use for a while, but it was something yeah. that was really important to me at the time. She insisted on having her own separate department for that testing, which was like a very like high pressure environment that was not regulated by the rest of the school. It was mm. like, um, her, you know, people were just like failing her class left and right because anything lower than a C at my school is failing, right? If you get lower than yeah. a 70%, you have failed the course. Jesus. Um, and it doesn't count. And I, I remember, you know, I the second time I retook the class, I kept, you know, talking, you know, was this, I would, this, I would do... this was a prerequisite course, you said? Yes, this is a prerequisite oh. course for, yeah. And like basically, college is such a racket, dude. We had, we had meet like, like almost like, every other day to make sure that i was like on top of the class she would not meet with me but her like her like um not like a ta but she, it was basically like a second teacher that was kind of helping her was trying so hard to help me and then the main professor was just like i don't care that you have adhd i don't care that you're failing my class a second time i don't care if you think my exams are hard tough luck yeah. buddy Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, she so, was. She was. Just I swear, every school has person. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the thing about those teachers, a lot of time, is that they those pre, especially those prerequisite courses, is a lot of these teachers who are professors are at that college because that's where they can do their research at. That's where they got hired, and then they really mostly just want to do research and do their work. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not just she, here too. She would always so, like, complain about that. Yeah, they don't want to do it. So I had a my my um my 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 ex uncle in law is like the chemistry professor over at Columbia, basically, right? And like he's there because he has a lab there and he wants to work in the lab there. But like he doesn't have much tolerance for people who are not having trouble in chemistry, and he certainly doesn't have a lot of tolerance for the med school kids who are just What's taking this the class. Point? Well, he doesn't. What's the point then? Yeah. He doesn't like. like the, he doesn't like. Well, he cares about chemistry. I'm sure he might have a yeah, soft spot for people like who want to go. In, for it. He wants to go in his specific field, maybe. But a lot of people are doing a prerequisite, right? And like, yeah. I think it bothers him. And <laughs> I think that he right. They like think their class is the only he, class you're taking. It's like. Well, it's just. A, it's, it does, like, it's not even that. He doesn't give a fuck about teaching the class, Isaac. He's there because he wants to do chemistry research and. The, the, well, yeah, then he should make it a blow off class. I mean, I can I can see his professor's salary. It's yeah man it's ridiculous well, he has uh he gets a lab there that's what he wants to do right research papers and research mitochondria but then columbia's like great you can do that but you have to teach this class 
And he's like, <laughs> like he just does it. They don't really want to do. Just, they don't. Your professors don't yeah. want to teach you, by the way, guys. This isn't yeah. high school. They don't care. They, no, they're, they're they don't. They, really don't. they don't get paid based on passes. Like, that's like a hard truth, man. It's like they're there to do their research. So, like, most of the time, these professors, when you have a problem, they're like, ugh. Fuck, exactly. I just want to do That's why their research. office hours are like exactly. 30 minutes every other yeah. Tuesday. They don't care about I, you. I, I've, I've you knock on the door, I've, the light I've, turns I've, off. I've, I've definitely had like the the pleasure of of being able to work with with professors that like mm. later on genuinely really did care about my performance and like Absolutely. really like wanted yeah. me to succeed and th that support system you know even when it comes to like creative, yeah. creative work is genuinely like unparalleled in terms of like you know what yeah. I've been able to do it's not just me working my butt off it's the fact that people actually like at one point like like really saw that like i was i was able to do the things that i had set out mm. to do and a lot of it like 90 yeah. percent of it was just like sheer stubbornness like just being like oh, hell yeah dude like i don't care how hard you make my life <laughs> like i'm going to get through this and i'm going to be like three times better by the time i, I don't ah. care if this breaks me <laughs> i don't care i really That's... don't care <laughs> I, yeah I, when when, ah. when 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 like the 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 department head for computer science was like yeah. Dude, just go to IS. You're not going to be able to p pass these classes. Damn. And pretty much during that meeting, politely told him, no. Right. <laughs> like, I was just like, no, and I will be back. And I did come ah, back ah, a year ah, later, ah. and then yeah. I got in. That's yeah, what I'm talking man, about, bro. I, I, yeah. Well, how do you think? How do you think I became a doctor? It's like the same shit. <laughs> it's exactly. like, oh, it's you don't think I can like, do this, huh? You don't oh, we got exactly Fantacat like, on deck. Oh, what's up, Fantacat? It's a terminally new, a terminally chill NorCal manager. Yeah, Fantacat. Also, a lot of I've always, um, I've always really liked uh, seeing like the Instagram stories for like the NorCal shows. They always oh. Seem, like, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. Oh, it was so much. Fantacat seems like she has a ball. It was so much fun. It was such a great time. We had it was so fun. Like the 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 venue itself, which is basically an outdoor deck, was fully mm -hmm. packed, and then next to it since it's sort of technically an outdoor show because it's a deck was like a whole bunch like do like over like dozen or dozens of like like a couple like a of like a kids under under 21 who couldn't that. go to the party cuz oh, they're I under 21 it was so they were, cool. they were still there dancing like on a, the sidewalk there's like a dozen or so of them outside that were like um they could cuz you could still hear the music and you could still see the stage so it was so I cute mean, they were outside Ognos was there taking photos Ognos didn't you say you went out there and slapped them all a five too Ognos went out there. I think he took like photos. Of the, well, Ognos did, did pictures for the event, and I'm pretty sure he took like some. Went out and talked to them. Love took the photos of the Pacific Plaza guys. I went out and talked to them too. You know, because we stand, we stand with the 21 under 21 crowd. It's just you know the bars. You know, that's the situation. Uh, yeah, which brings me to a question. So that actually brings me to a, uh, a thing that we were just talking about for the hot take right there. Um, sure. My, what is your, my opinion, hot take, and we were just mentioning it, was that if you want to DJ, specifically to DJ, and if you want to DJ parties, that is to say, right, not necessarily shows. I draw a distinction between parties and shows, right? Shows it's about the performer, party is about the audience. So you want to like DJ clubs and you want to move up an echelon in your in their DJing acumen you got to learn CDJs I don't see I don't yes. see there's any excuse and I think I that I completely agree with that that's yeah. like barely a lukewarm take in my opinion wow yeah well I was just telling Isaac about how when I first saw you at uh, Pat Chanting's block party not block party Pat Chanting's Aesthetic Nights 
and you were using the CDJs. I think I talked to you afterwards. You're like, oh yeah, that was like my first time having to use. That things. was my first. That's time. amazing. And I was like, I mean, that's, a that's amazing. That's right amazing. That's a professional. It wasn't my first yeah, time. That's but a it was my second natural. time, and my first yeah. time was like, like was like a year and a half prior. Yeah, um, it was basically your so, first time. So what I, so what I did was when the first time, the first time that I played on CDJs, I had no reference for what I was doing. So I, I could only do like really basic stuff because I had like minimal experience on Serato controllers, and that was my first Magfest performance. Oh, actually, yeah. oh, that was for Magfest. Um, wow. That was my first Magfest performance, not my second one, the one that was like a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, was that, um, yeah, for Aesthetic Nights. What I did was uh, I did like a lot of research because I have friends, yeah. you know, like in like the disco scene in DC and mm-hmm. whatnot. And a lot of them mm-hmm. said, you know, definitely like learn how to play on CDJs. There'll be instances where, you know, you can bring your own controller, but and it's a lot fine. easier. Yeah. It's industry standard. Most clubs are going to have them. Right. They're already <laughs> set up and they're universal. So exactly. I thought, you know, that that's that's a good idea. And like and that's especially like if it's the standard for DJing, then I'll try it out. My friend suggested that I like rent some out or just go to like a guitar center. That's and, like, exactly and, what like, I was just and, saying and, like, before I came on. Them. Rent them out, rent yeah. them out. Or like, you know what, man? Like I didn't really know how to use them the first time I had to use them. And then like before the show, I was just on YouTube. You know what I mean? Just looking up yeah. what how did how did what all the knobs and because buttons and shit it, do? Yeah, if you can use a controller and you're practicing at home with a controller, that's great. It's not that big of a jump. Like you can figure it out. It's really you know not. I mean? You just have to prepare as long as you know the basics that, of that, DJing. That it's just Isaac, that Isaac did the same thing. He had to do the same thing. That, yeah. That actually leads to my my second point that I was going to make was that I did a lot of research to try to figure out, like, okay, if I can't, like, like, because, you know, I'm still in college, so money money was kind of limited at the time, (laughs) especially then. So it was like I couldn't really rent them, and like the guitar center that like that was nearby my place was so run down that they didn't even have CG- CDJs, not even like an older yeah. model or anything like well, that. Well, most guitar centers. So and don't. that was the, yeah, that that was like the clo- the closest one in my area. So what I ended up doing was researching. Okay, what is the cheapest controller that I could possibly get that kind of translates over to the button layout of of the CDJs? And that ended up being the DDJ four hundred. Still runs on oh, record. Oh, okay. I can understand, mm-hmm. and and it's and it's a cheap controller. I was I, thinking I, I XDJs, but okay. Uh. Yeah, no. So so the DDJ four hundred. It's about okay. two hundred forty bucks. There are uh, there's also a note, Serato version. Yeah. But 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 the record box one, although. I, I kind of hate record box. I don't DJ with record box. I don't like Serato so much. I, I only use record box. I only use record box to set some cues on songs that I'm going to format my USB drive for for when I use a CDJ, and that's the only time I ever exactly. use record box. And I just, like and just, I just prepping play the songs. I hit play. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's just infuriating sometimes. Oh like, yeah, I will use switch it. Audio inputs or outputs. It just, it just shits itself. You gotta like it's restart like, the whole just, fucking just, thing. Just, it's. Like record box is like the like in the DJing world for like development is like is like that like that like kid like in in like your family that is like hopped up on sugar and then immediately crashes like five minutes after and just can't move. Ah, no ah, shit. It's like yeah, it's got all the album artwork and shit on it. Too much. Lo- love the metaphor. Love the metaphor, friend. I yeah. love it. It's it's but but yeah, like that's what I ended up doing, and that's what I still do for a lot of sets. Where like, for example, like I I just played at a party, and you know, like I played some more niche tracks, but I also played like tunes that a lot of people would would like, and that's also a really important part of DJing is that if you're gonna go out and like perform, or you're going to a party, know your audience, mm-hmm. you know, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. it's good to look down and just like and just like like you being in the moment kind of makes you look more professional, especially if you're looking down at the decks. But what I personally do is I look up at the audience and I will kind of like gauge like the vibe of the room depending Hell on yeah. how people are reacting to the music that I'm playing. So for example, yeah, I just recently recently played a party where a lot of people really enjoyed like most of the tracks that I played. And then I dropped Sebastian's Army. And then I looked up and people were dancing, but they were like, uh, and then I was yeah. like, right next to, to the next Reset one. the vibe. That'll happen Reset when you play Blockhouse, bro. Re- Reset then, the then, vibe, absolutely. And then 15 seconds after, I was back into a song that was a lot more high energy. The crowd liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, just try sure. to like pay attention to those like moments, you know, because yeah. Most of the time, people, I feel like at this point, especially like in terms of like transitions versus like track selection, I feel like if you're starting off DJing, track selection is going to be a lot more important than, than your transitions. A lot of track people that are starting off so in, important. in Future Funkin' and Vaporwave, I mean, I started off with just like two and a half minute Future Funk tracks that literally had two second intro and outros. Roll so I learned rough. everything that I know from Eridus. Like, I started off on hard mode from the get-go. Mm. Um, those are hard to so, mix. And There's really, a lot of melody, that, too. That really helps. That, yeah, that really they're not made with, for like, DJing. With, like, future yeah, if you if you ever get stuck, like, and you're, you're stuck in the vibe where you don't know what to mix out to next or you don't know what you're doing, you should just have, like, a little folder that you maybe even label. What I do is I have a folder that's just labeled hits. And oh, so if yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed yeah. to do next, I'm just like, fuck it, let's go to this folder, let me see That's what I can pull idea. out. Just play Life After and Love, then, bro. And then, well, yeah, and then even if it's not even, in, if it's not even, it does, and if it's a hit, and if you know if it hits hard, and you know people either know it really well, or you know it's going to work really well for the for the audience, like, fuck it, don't even worry about mixing at this point, just fucking reverb or, or dub echo that shit out, and then launch the next track, right. launch the big track. Exactly. Don't even worry about it, yeah. and you'll just, you'll, you'll hit them hard, they won't even care about your transition, True. and then so, you can reset it and figure out what to do next. They're drunk and, and just want to dance about, anyways. Like, that's that's what I like about including like hits in in sets because if you have something that is like kind of like I feel like if it's kind of just like as hitting like in terms of like energy level as like a hit like for example yeah. a song that like kind of sounds similar similar to music sounds better with you that is made by like a smaller artist or something mm-hmm. like that people mm-hmm. are generally still gonna enjoy it if you for incorporate sure. that in. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's a it's like kind of a neat way that I've kind of noticed over time, just kind of like gauging the feel of an audience to like sneak in tunes that like yeah, I was gonna say that's like a rule in one context that wouldn't enjoy it in like another, you know? Right. And that's 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 where I go back to in terms of like track selection being a lot more important than like than than your transitions, right? Like it's it's absolutely true. Transitions, but mm. like but like that's what's gonna drive the party. If of you course. have a great transition on shit songs, it's, I mean... Yeah, yeah 110%. I guess cool, cool man. transition, bro. The like, transitions okay. are important yeah. for, like, and a guest mix for a website or something. The track selection is important for the parties. I feel like it's, I feel like the entire package should be, like, professionally laid out. You should, yes. you know, I practice a little bit ahead of time. Not too much, but just to kind of yeah. get a feel for what I'm playing. I know some people don't really I, practice I don't, that much. Yeah, I don't really practice that much so much as I, like, think really hard about what songs I'm going to have ready for me I, the fastest. I guess, I guess that's a form of mental like, it's, practice. Well, I mean, it's You're DJing. practicing in your rocket. brain. I mean, it's yeah. DJing. This isn't rocket science. This isn't music production. But it is a lot about feel. It is a lot about yeah. vibe. It is a lot about who's there and how to and crowd control. And it's like so. I spent a lot more time 
thinking about the music I'm bringing with me and yeah. also my playlists and how I'm organizing it and like what's going to be easy for me to find, how well I know my songs too. You know what I mean? I actually took a pretty big risk at like the most recent uh, event that I did. I played a party for one of my friends um, and uh, at the end it was actually on my fiance and I's like anniversary, which was uh-huh. on the 30th of July. Oh, congratulations. It was, great, anniversary. it was great. Thank you. Thank you. And it was like a great, it was like a great show. The, the atmosphere was really great. There was probably about like 40 or 50 people there. And then I ended it with like, with like me singing, like performing oh. virtual world. That's like, actually the I love that. That's phenomenal. And that's actually kind of when scared me. Well, you did, like, but you did it. That's amazing. I was, like, Congrats. I, was, yeah, I just, I told myself like, there's no way that I'm going to finish this event without singing the song. And I called Sarah like, like five hours before. And I was like, I am so nauseous. I feel like I'm about to throw up. And she's like, why? It's just a live set. And I was like, I can't tell you. <laughs> Me before hot takes every day. You know, that's really an that's interesting an amazing. thing too. Is that, you know what else is amazing about that? It's like, it's like when, and for parties in general, it's not even just, um, picking the songs it's when you're going to play them what's going to happen next Absolutely. Mm-hmm. so one of the other things that i know is especially when i do terminally chill is like i have multiple djs that are there and like i know you have to know each performers what type of energy they usually bring and what type of songs they like to play and like mm-hmm. who they are in general and what they're going to do and that's kind of like how you organize when they're going to go on sometimes right and you know you kind of, yeah. kind of sometimes a lot of times i don't even i have to shuffle them just depending on what the crowd's doing most of the, a lot of the time too like okay yeah. now you go on okay now you go on um, and so, you know, doing the virtual, that song last is, that's the perfect time to do it, obviously, right? It's how you close yeah, things out. it's like, it brings, it, it was like a lower energy song compared to like a lot of the stuff that I was playing that was actually mm-hmm. kind of nearing towards Yeah, like put the slush wave guy at the 135. End. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> You know what's funny, sure. actually, and, and I, and I do want to admit this because we were kind of talking, I guess we were talking, you guys, um, mentioned some stuff about my favorite Animal Collective album, which I didn't really have an answer <laughs> to. Oh yeah, that was funny. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I actually am not very clued in on like the subgenres of of vaporwave. I I haven't really been, like, like I've been talking to a lot of vaporwave people, but I don't really pay attention to like slush wave or like signal wave or some of those other subgenres. So I personally actually have no clue what's going on like when it comes to that <laughs> that's really interesting really not verse like well i'm like, I, i've been yeah, focusing like a lot of my efforts like in talking to people on like new disco and like hyper pop and right. like that's been kind of like you know the communities that i've been like french house and stuff well like is there yeah, anything so that's french come house out that's always kind of been yeah uh, well do you have any like of, in terms of what though like, do you have any, like, Vaporwave favorites? I mean, anything you've been listening to oh, lately? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my, my top Vaporwave favorite of all time is uh, Ice in the Veins by Contact Lens. Oh, that's a badass that's album, great. dude. I love Ice yeah, in the Veins. That's my favorite album. That's my favorite. I, one of my favorite Vaporwave yeah. albums. So, uh, yeah, I agree. And I've never really personally focused on 
even the concept of subgenre that much. It's usually just like yeah, I have this concept of vape. I have this concept of vaporwave as like this big net for just a lot of different ideas and sounds and people I like. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. True. You know, I don't even have a fucking subgenre for what I do in vaporwave. Like I don't even fit in any subgenre for it. So why? Yeah. I, everyone is just people to me and artists. And people like subgenres. They like to be subgenre aficionados, and that's super cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. I. Just people, we all interpret music and we all process it different ways. You know what I mean? And, and I just see, yeah. I just see like nodes of people that I find interesting or artists I find interesting, and they can label themselves whatever they want underneath this that's, big little umbrella. That's what I find interesting. There's like a lot of discourse about like whether or not like vaporwave or like it's it's like subgenres like can actually be like described as like just like one cohesive like musical group i don't i've never really seen it that way especially not lately i think george clanton was the person that that described vaporwave being just this like mishmash of like uh different musical like inspirations genres ideas and that it yeah, doesn't right. necessarily fall into this like this like subcategory of like more of an ethos necessarily it, it, it doesn't in the same way that punk or goth or other things that are paradigms don't really either right you can't really yeah. like what does goth sound like you know exactly. what are you gonna say true, gonna true. Tell yeah. about it's it? too broad and, and, and you know you know it's funny because like kind of being like and discussing with people like that have been a part of like different online scenes like like again i keep mentioning like hyperpop because that's just can, something yeah. that i've been very like heavily invested in in terms of like listening to it uh kind mm -hmm. of like trying to like Understand analyze it. how a lot yeah. of the songwriting is, of course. is done and There's something I've to learn that, always i i've learned that just 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 as like all like kind of like online genres like there's this this like paradigm i guess between like like vaporwave and hyperpop in which they're just this collection of people that that don't necessarily have just like one cohesive like musical idea that they're bringing together sure there are songs that that sound more like 100 gags you know or like or like they're, emblematic they're of the association theme. Yeah, or emblematic of the theme, uh, you know, uh, d distorted uh, uh, octave, like one octave pitched up vocals, mm -hmm. um, uh, parallel distortion on a ton of stuff, cliffhangs. But like, yeah. but then there's like other tracks that like that you would never like really. I, I would never personally classify under hyperpop, which are definitely a part of the community. That you know, it's just it's just you know, it's it's on the hyperpop playlist. Right. Which is also something very interesting. You guys know that like the 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 term hyperpop like was entirely created by the person who curated that spotify playlist did you guys know that the you person that invented the term <laughs> is the person that oh, curated yeah, the playlist the term. yeah oh wow it was, no. it was like it was just this like community people that were making like genres like, in the spotify electronic age. music or like electronic punk music jell mm -hmm. jedwill actually has a fantastic uh, uh not discography a fantastic um Doc documentary on this on YouTube of like what is hyperpop who created the hyperpop playlist and like the terminology mm. behind it and it's gotcha. very interesting how like vaporwave was kind of like this main idea that diverged over time and mm. then hyperpop was always just like this it always it kind of started off as just this like collection of artists that are were just doing different things right. and then a corporation came along and kind of tried to group them all into like one little bubble and that's actually it there's this kind of like mm. weird phenomenon that i see where people that are part of the hyperpop scene 
either joke about the word hyperpop or actually don't really like being associated with that term actually at all. But what other that ways? A lot with that, that happens with vaporwave yeah. too. That happens a lot with the. That happened a lot with punk. That happens a lot with vaporwave. That happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I guess it's it has happens a lot. It's just interesting that like that like the history behind like the term. That's funny. What, I didn't know like, about the corporatization history right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't surprise and, me. Like, in the uh, I think in the general <clears throat> documentary, he he tries to trace down who was the curator and who came up with that with with that name because if you look at the hyperpop playlist, there's not just hyperpop musicians out there. There's like Skrillex, Diplo, like very oh, no electronic musicians that you wouldn't. That's really hopefully they have a good chunk of hyperpop. PC music's discog on there. <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's kind of like adjusted to that more over time. But like, but like in its like in its like earlier form, there was you know like tunes that were from just like random electronic artists, and and the term hyperpop was wasn't really it it wasn't really described like it, it wasn't really like associated with the type of music that people just kind of automatically think about like like nowadays. You know, you you made you said an interesting thing a little while back about hyperpop, which was like, well, you know, I wanted to get involved in, in understand hyperpop because I wanted to learn some of the production t- uh, tricks, think some of the things they do to maybe incorporate. Yeah. I'm assuming to maybe incorporate, you know, because that's a that's the thing I think that's really important for people to do is to study some music. Sometimes people don't even bother to listen to a lot of different types of electronic music because they just, oh, I don't think I like that. Oh, that's not my thing. Or oh, this is my thing. But I really think you it's know, important to listen to these other types of music to yeah. see if there's always something to learn from them. You that know is I mean? true. Like I, I, I agree. It's it's been the inspiration to a lot of like my driving force when it comes to composition, actually. And then once sure. I got into it, I was just like, oh my god, this goes way deeper than I thought it it would. Like there's so many elements of like of like things that I used to listen to when I was like really young that I've just pretty much cast out of my brain. It's mm-hmm. funny, my fiance actually introduced me to it. It wasn't me mm-hmm. that introduced her to it. She was the one who heard 100 Gex in a TikTok uh, video. Mm-hmm. It was like an animation for Stupid Horse. And then she was just like, she was just like, this just scratches at my brain in a way that right. like, I've never heard before. And that was actually like, like her, her like, her like, like 100 Gex tolerating mm-hmm. like a ton of music that I already listened to pipeline. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to learn from these different. There's a lot of Y2K aesthetic involved too. For sure, absolutely. So it kind of scratches that nostalgia for you know Gen Z. I I mean, the artist that kind of coined the Y2K like like art, um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I believe, passed away. uh, Like either at the beginning. Uh, Oh, you're talking about Terrence. You're talking about Terrence right now. Exactly. Yeah, and I think he. I think. I think they were involved. So young. A lot of. uh, Yeah. So young. It's it's insane. Terrell, but, yeah, I'm sorry, but Terrell, they were, not Terrence. Terrell, Ter- Terrell, Terrell Davis. Yeah. Terrell Davis, thank you. And, uh, oh, and yeah. yeah, they were, and I'm pretty sure they were involved with a lot of musicians in that scene as well. I didn't follow, like, them super closely, though. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the thing, is there's a lot to learn from these different music scenes that you maybe didn't start off on in or maybe didn't think you'd be interested in, and but now oh, you, yeah. then you, like, look into it. Like, I... You know, I've learned so much from listening to a lot of modern festival EDM about production and about, you know, using LFOs and about 
the, the, the importance of occasionally stopping all sound and coming back and how that builds right. tension. And like, yeah. I didn't know yeah. I would like this music. And then I did. And then I enjoyed it. And then I started learning some of the production tips. I didn't want to sound like anything I was listening to, but I certainly wanted to incorporate things I was learning from it. You know what I mean? And that's really the way you grow as an artist is to maintain your personal voice <clears throat> and then continue to learn different things. And that's how you stay I kind of fresh. Actually, what, what you just said. Yeah. I, I think I noticed some of those elements of things that you learned from Vaporous sure uh, Sleeps. Oh, Dude, for his sure, shit, man. Like, hits I was like trying everything level. I learned. I, was, I like, can tell for every, sure. Every new idea that I had learned from listening to a lot of this music. You really uh, put yeah, it to you, sir. What it was. Because, well, I wanted the song to sound like the idea of trying to keep up with information. And, like, you have Very to go to sleep. But art, does, art doesn't go That's to a, sleep. Art always continues. That's a cool so, concept. Like, that's why the, it's supposed to sound frantic and like all almost like clicking on a computer screen over and over and over again to something else because art moves lightning fast, especially today. It never sleeps. It doesn't go to bed. But like this is like ridiculous. the exhaustion of trying to keep up to it with it. Mm -hmm. And that's why the cover art is the way it is too with the iPhone on it. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you for noticing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a bunch of cool shit that I'm I'm working on like that. I have a question um, for and, you, but Fiverr. Also, the thing is to maintain your your own personal voice as well. Like I still have like a hypnagogic vibe oh, yeah. towards what I do. But anyway, you know, still me, still me. Anyway, yeah, I, I think that's also the same. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but I I dropped a remix of Jedwell's Garden, and I did see that. I did. Did see that. I did. Yeah. There's there's a lot of like uh, you know things that I've learned over time that are like uniquely fiber I think and there are like there are elements of that but then also like as the track kind of progresses there's this like almost like ethereal like piano mm -hmm. breakdown that happens I do and then it I know exactly what you're talking about into this, yeah. like Jersey yeah. club like, I, I, of, like, I beat I, I cool. heard that song, and I actually was like thinking a very similar thing about it when it went to this sort of uh, yeah this like a uh, wispy piano part, and then all of a sudden, you know, something completely different. It was very exactly. interesting. It was, it was a good good song, good track. Good thank track. you, thank you. I, I I definitely knew I was taking a bit of a risk with that because it's yeah. like very different from the stuff that I've done before, mm -hmm. and uh, the Spotify stats don't lie. I think uh, 50, fifty. I noticed listeners so far, I maybe. I saw that, too. Sometimes it'd be like that, man. Sometimes it'd be like that. Uh, you, know, well, you know, I don't know if you guys... Uh, I get it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more and, proud creatively of, oh, this, for sure. of this track than anything I've made in 2021. The other thing, like, the the thing that I was most proud of before was Virtual World. And, I, and I've been realizing that, Great like, song. a lot of the stuff... Thank you. And and a lot of the stuff... And that was the first time I ever sang. Or, I like, remember. No way. Oh, and, too cool. Yeah, like legit, and and it was so it was really scary for me. And the more as I kind of go on, I kind of saw this like Porter Robinson interview uh, lately about Ooh. him talking about the production of Nurture, and uh, he said something. I gotta that, look at that, that interview. Like, I love really, that album. That that really. Clicked. I love him. Like it kind of it kind of allowed me to to kind of understand and find answers for the way I've been feeling uh, regarding music for a while. He said something along the lines of like, you know. When you go into the studio every single day with an iron grip and just be like, I literally have to make the best thing today or otherwise I will die. You set yourself yourself up for failure. You set yourself right. up for these, this expectation that you set. Oh, um, God, where, I like of expectations. I say where, it a lot. Where, you know, like, and for example, for me, it was like, well, I'm going to make this future funk song. It's going to be a great future funk track. I'd set myself up with this expectation that I need to make future funk. When that wasn't where, where my heart really was in in terms of like making that music really, and mm. you know, and then he talked about how like how like 
how like a lot of the best tracks that were released on Nurture or a lot of his creative process it involves just like screwing around, like you know, bouncing the synth, putting reverb on it, droning it out, uh, putting distortion on it, just screwing around and like showing your friends, like just experimenting. Look at how stupid this is, and then it actually like you get you get an idea in your head. Now you're in uncharted territory because you're doing something that's taking risks, something that is that is not typically done, and yeah. then you can kind of base ideas off of that. And when I heard that, I was like. Wow, that's why I hated my second album because I went into the. You studio hate your second album? Oh, that's I, so sorry. I, I don't. Why? It's a good album. I don't, I don't hate it, but I just feel like it, like, it was, it was written out of in a part of my life that was like I was kind of recovering from like a lot of, I would say arguably traumatic things that were kind of happening to me in oh. school and whatnot, and what, what was going on in my life. I was trying so hard to recover from it and to move on and to like convince myself that I did not need to heal any further. Gotcha. And I feel like a lot of the songs were like me trying to constantly prove to myself that I yes, I can make music. Yes, I can make something that is like 70 times better than 810. I have to live up to the expectation of this album and more. And in in the process, I feel like I made tracks that while they were good, they were, in my opinion, kind of lackluster and, and could have and could have developed into something yeah. a lot better. I, I know that feeling. I know that. I've scrapped albums because of that feeling. Exactly. Like, I uh, near the end of the production of Rendezvous, which had literally at that point taken me upwards of four years, like, I actually started Totality when I was touring for Virtue's EP with Eridus in 2016. Wow. So, yeah. Shout out so Future Society. His, yeah, yeah, my... my uh, not my first label, but like the first big label that I was on, which I have a lot to thank for. But um, but yeah, it was just like it was just like nearing the end. I was like literally finishing like one of the final tracks first to say, and I told Sarah like one day I was like, I just want to give up. I don't want to work Damn. on this anymore. Like I I'm so tired of this, and I'm not mm. happy with any of the tracks. I feel like I'm just gonna scrap this album and start from scratch. And she was like, No, you're not going to do that. You can't oh. do that. You've worked on these tracks for so long. There's no there's no point to like starting all over again. I know <clears throat> I know in the moment it feels like these songs stuck, but but you've been really proud of like the work that you've done before mm -hmm. and you should still put this out if you if you feel comfortable with it. You know, take a step back, sit on it for a day for sure and then think about how you feel afterwards and i'm i'm just i'm just so glad i have her in my life to kind of like bring keep me her down around from like from like situations like that absolutely i mean that's i mean that's why i proposed to her you know she's hell so yeah of everything that i do and she's a she's an oh, in, yeah. in, so an important part of my support system but i but love yeah, that she she um she she convinced me to release it and to finish the track i pretty much had like four versions of first to say and i literally like i i literally like scrapped like three versions of it until i finally came up with like with like the winning like sample bounce like basically we created a sample for it like me and my friend uh, kiel uh spring Sil silver we made a disco loop from scratch and then i tried sampling it over and over and over and over again until finally like sar and i were sitting in like the starbucks at my university and I came up with the loop, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is it! This is it! I figured so it sick. out." And then, 
And then afterwards, I finished the song basically in like a week. Vocals were done in like three weeks. So it was a very quick process. Yeah, that's it's what it's what it's like once you get go. Honestly, that's sometimes that, that's a lot of times what it's like is you just you get the idea and you gotta rush through it and you put it down and you're like fuck, I'm done, okay. And then yeah. you just spend like a couple of weeks, kind of, you know. And you can't plan it. striking gold. It yeah. just kind of happens, huh? You don't even know. Exactly. Sometimes you write these songs and you don't even know that you're doing it. Like you're just doing it and you're no, like this uh, part. That's... Now this part. Now this part. And then I, I can't that even tell was... you how I did it half the time absolutely me too and it's like uh, same thing with virtual world like the idea for it came because i was working on um on a track for the future fun competition i think it was the first one that yeah. was ever done we uh -huh. had to flip oh, a sample cool. and i couldn't figure out how to flip the sample so i literally just used <clears throat> the sample for textures and then yeah. completely wrote like a brand new melody over it I that's cool have, like a like a I have like a version of virtual world called like disco v 0.1 like on my twitter which you can find and you can find like kind of like the skeleton of, of what would become virtual world when i made that i was like nifty yeah it's fine whatever mm -hmm. i mean it's cool maybe i'll work on it later and then as the deadline kind of grew closer and closer i'd remembered like like the year prior that i told sara that i like i owed her a song that i wanted to write her a song and i was like this is a good opportunity for me to do it so i just kept pushing. so romantic and then and then and then as i and then like before i knew it i had the instrumental almost done and then i was like oh my god i have to think about vocals so i just like went to like a park nearby my place and just like pretty much had an anxiety attack like oh damn i've never written poetry in my life i, I don't right. I don't, uh, i don't know how to work with words i i just like i was just like ah <laughs> what do I do? I'm panicking. I have like 24 hours left. I literally wrote like honest, the lyrics to it like uh, a day honest, before. It was, honestly, know. if you ever have trouble with writing lyrics, I highly recommend reading poetry, like good poetry, yeah. not like not like that fucking Instagram shit, like, like actual poetry. It really helps because, mm. I mean, that's what I do sometimes because those are the people who are best with words. Poets, like the great poets, those are the people who are best with words. You know, the... the ones from, from any era, 50s, 60s, 70s to 1800s, whatever. Like, it really gives you a nice understanding. They have an understanding of flow and rhythm and suggesting mm -hmm. ideas without being specific. So if, like, people are having a rut, oh. like, read poetry. Sound. Vocabulary. Hey, I, 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 you, I have been doing that. Let me ask you a question. Why did you start making music? Oh, my God. When did you start making music? Why? Why yeah. did you want to make music? Like, did, did something touch you when you were younger and you wanted to be like that? Like, what was the first thing that really inspired you? I feel like my my experience, like, hearing my first Daft Punk song, I, I genuinely believe that it was like. This is this is how I how strongly I feel about it. It it literally felt like a stroke of fate, like that I was destined to make this music, in the sense that. I didn't know it at the time, but mm. so my family and I are from Romania. My my mom, my dad, and I we immigrated to the United States when I was like four years old, mm -hmm. and I used to have this small apartment with my with my parents in Virginia around '03. Mm -hmm. um, as far as I know, Discovery had been out for like about a year now, maybe a year and a half, mm -hmm. and. I remember being in the car, like, I was. I, I, I vividly actually remember where it was. Um, I was in the parking lot of, of, like, the apartment complex going somewhere, 
and uh, we, my, a family and my family actually shared a car because we, we weren't able to, like, really afford a car at the time. So we had, like, a Subaru that, like, we basically borrowed. Um, one family paid half, and then we paid half for it as well. Um, and I remember we were backing up going somewhere, and I just heard, music's got me feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, like, on mm -hmm. the radio. And I was like, I, love I was it. just like, I, I literally told my mom, like, like I was like, I was like six at the time. Mm. I was like, what was that song? <laughs> um, and she was like, I don't know, darling. I don't know. <laughs> I did not find that song until I was 13 when I came across it on YouTube. I'd been looking for that song. That's like, for... that's like a, a religious moment when that happens. Yeah, I, I genuinely feel like it was it, like it was almost spiritual. I spent seven years of my life trying to find that track, not actively, oh, wow. but like yeah. I, I just kept thinking like like I don't know what song that was. I, I, I really I really, really liked it and I wish I could hear more of it, but I just didn't know who made it. I was too young at the time to mm -hmm. like know how to look stuff up. This was like when the Internet was still pretty young, like in terms right. of like, commercial use. I mean, uh, personal use, not commercial. And, you know, like, you know, I just, I got on Yahoo against and mini clip and played flash games for like an hour every other day. That was the extent of my internet use when I was really young. <laughs> and, um, and it was just, I got like into this like music listening phase. I don't know what, but like when I was like 12, I decided like I was going to look at music that was more past like, you know, just like, just like top 40 stuff to put on my mm -hmm. iPod. So I started like listening to like I think like the Beach Boys and like the Beatles mm. and stuff like that. I very quickly by the time I was fourteen, I was like collecting like like flack flacks of like albums that I would wow. like, find online. I'd like yeah. rip like lossless like CDs. Like I was obsessed Sick. with having like the highest quality rip. And like it was just like I remember DJ. like I was like Oh, and and here's the funny part. And 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 if my mom was here, I swear like she would she would she would um attune for this. But we had a tape player at my house and it had like a volume knob that was like pretty big. And when I was younger, I would like duck the volume on on like the beat. Uh, like, oh, that's so cool. You were yeah, side chaining as a kid. About to say, like side chaining. I, I didn't know it. I didn't know it at the time. I was just like How I just thought fun. it sounded cool. Um, I love it. That. Was, it was insane, but like, but yeah. So I I found Daft Punk when I was 13 years old. I was like, oh my god, this is the song that I've been looking for for so long. I the week after, I basically bought like I watched Intercella 5555. Um, How watched cool! All the way to, all the way to the end of it. Saw Man, that like the vinyl dope. was playing at the end. Yeah. Bought Discovery on vinyl that like that wow. next weekend. I oh, like wow. my parents for it. I found mm. this really cheap vinyl record uh, player, like this turntable. It was like an all-in-one. It sounded like total shit um, from Goodwill for two dollars, and I just like oh, I just, unbelievable! Like, burned the grooves to the to the ground in that track. I r literally remember the moment then when I was like thirteen or like twelve or something like that, holding this record in my hands and being like, "When I when I grow up, I want to I want to do this." I want mm -hmm. to, I want to, I want to, I want to have a record of my own in my own hands one day. That yeah. was my That's goal. Too cool, that was my man. ultimate yeah. goal for music. And, yeah. and I, I, it sounds like, it literally sounds like this idealistic, like, this like almost like fairy tale idea of like, of like 
what it's like to make music. And of course it was really hard, but I don't know. I was just really, really motivated to find answers for things that I like, like when I heard French house and when I heard Daft Punk and electronic music, it was like, it was like, it was like somebody that had been knocking on like <clears throat> on on my door for seven years. Yeah, it, and you're I was a natural. Finally able to find the key to open the door. That's that's how it felt. Yeah, like. that's and <laughs> it's yeah, just, that's what it's like. Those influences that's, cannot that's be understated. I, I just I just copied. I literally just like broke down every single like sample like that. The Daft Punk Justice, like all the Ed Banger people used. I right. combed like gear sluts and forums on drum processing uh youtube tutorials when youtube Sick. tutorials on like stuff like this was not very very it was very sparse um and for four years i just grinded it out with like with like not pretty much not posting anything online then i make yeah. a soundcloud page i didn't know what to call myself and i didn't know by the way when i started music at the time that this that that personal studios and like daws like digital audio workspaces were a thing so mm. i was just like when I found this, it was like a revelation. It was like, holy crap, I can make music that, that like, I can make music that is inspired by the people that I, I've just, I've just loved yeah. for the entire life. Yeah. And not only that, years. but you can control all of the different components yep. yourself. Like, you put your you own can, personal you spin can, on all of it. You can control all Absolutely. the sounds that happen with electronic yep. music. You are now like you're like the maestro of an entire orchestra, but you have access to all the, you know, to all the instruments, right? It's crazy to think like, well, now like, man, I can I can just do this. Like it's all here. Like yeah. it's like I'm not in a band where I need to have my buddies come over and he's not he's busy on Tuesday, and yep. uh, the drummer is unreliable. Like oh no, I can do this all here now, and I can make sounds that I didn't even think I could hear. Yeah. And also, by the way, this is like a kind of a, like a trade secret for a while, but I guess it hasn't because I mentioned it on like quite a few like shows and podcasts that I've been on. Fiverr was actually a duo when it started off. It was Whoa. between me and my best friend Dan. Oh. And you the know idea was, yeah, so we were going to work on music together and like make like house and like hip hop stuff. And but the problem was is that it was literally my job basically to like teach like my friend like what i i learned on ableton because i had gotten mm. a jump start but mm. the thing is is that while i sort of knew how to use like ableton at the time there were a lot of features that i just didn't know about and i definitely did not know the daw well enough to like explain to somebody right. exactly what i was doing to it like, was, like teach it it's like trying to teach it's like trying to teach somebody like a dog that has that doesn't really like he he had made music in it and he <clears> seemed like like actually like really talented like when he made stuff even if it was like kind of simple but he was depending on me for like a lot of the stuff that I had personally learned and I just I couldn't provide that for him at the time I mean I was like Yikes. 15 and it was like I I know how to make beats but it's like it, I I just it didn't work it's, out so it's it became, really hard it to teach people project. to produce. It's really hard yeah, to teach people. Yeah, doing it is one thing, and it's teaching not, it is a whole other ball well, game. It's, hold hold exactly. on, it's like it's exactly. So it's you can teach someone an instrument pretty easily. You can teach them how to, uh, you know, the chords, how to move their fingers, this and that. You can give them techniques, but like asking how to produce, it's like that's asking how to world build. Basically, it's like nearly impossible. You can ask yeah, people. That's a really good way of putting it. You can ask people. It's a like, different sort of, type like, of how'd you do that too. one? Like how'd you do that one part? And they could be like, okay, well, I could show you that. Like, how do right. you do that one trick? Like, that's one thing. But how to, like, right. start and make, make music? How do I start making nah, music man. in a workspace? You, 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 
It's impossible. It's impossible. You have to do the work yourself, and then, like, like you said, how you went into the YouTube tutorials and you combed through the different message boards. Like, when I learned to produce, yeah, I, I grabbed a bunch of computer music magazines and future music magazines, and I would just read the tutorials on how to do stuff. You know what I mean? Cool. I actually have a, I have a hot take. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's not a hot take. Let's, so, let's see. Let's try it out. So, here's a hot take. I think that the landscape for YouTube tutorials and information on how to make music is way, way more plentiful than it was now, uh, than it was like probably like five or ten years ago. That's kind of a given. Yeah. But I personally think that there is a certain level of experience, maybe from learning, you know, how to how to make music in a DAW, like kind of mm -hmm. how you said, like this quote unquote world building. Mm -hmm. or playing an instrument or being a part of a band that 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 I was never personally able to get past like it was kind of like this roadblock that I was hitting until I had a community that I was a part of that inspired oh. me to push further this is yeah. something that that is really important like, yeah community is extremely important and like my production knowledge like tenfold i learned Absolutely. more i learned more in two months of being a part of like an active community like for example like the first label that i was ever on like airflor or like later on like future society which was like the collective that i helped Aridus run for for quite a bit um it <clears> was <throat> like it was like i learned more from being a part of that group and just exchanging ideas and writing the mm -hmm. high of like being mm -hmm. with these people and being able to to actually even like interact with these people that have like these like these niche like sort of interests that I can't find anywhere else in, in my personal life like at the time yeah. and and like that like like I put out just out of nowhere these like insane tracks that I that I never personally thought I had the capability of doing prior uh, it, it wouldn't it like I, I probably would have had to be been on tutorials for eight mm -hmm. nine years of my life to be able to get to that point maybe not even that the community yeah. is such an important part. Like, if you're it, isolated, it's, like, it's hard. It's look, hard, man. Absolutely. Look no, for an example of this, look no further than, like, your the your local scene's Facebook page, where the local oh, bands yeah. post their new stuff, the people who are just have making music, and they don't really have much of a direction because they're working in a vacuum where they don't have a community. It's just them and their mm -hmm. friends, and they're listening to music they like, and they put out their stuff, and it just doesn't fit anything. It doesn't, and it's also because they're trying to imitate people like these really successful bands or whatever, or or rappers or producers. They're just trying to imitate them. They fall really short because mm -hmm. they are just. It sounds amateur. It sounds like a flat. It usually sounds like a flat version of something they're trying to imitate. Like it doesn't have like a yeah. reverb depth. And but once you're in a community with people and like you have other artists that you can talk to and you can learn from not just talking to them but just listening to their music and you kind of also learn by their motivation to do things i don't right. know you develop your voice and you develop your skill but like you develop a you develop voice your too. voice that's yep. exactly what i'm thinking yeah for because sure it's dude. not just because it's not just oh you're bouncing off ideas off of other people and like your influence and their influence kind of like you know we kind of like mm -hmm. we're kind of like rubbing off like all influence on, mm -hmm. on, on you can feel their personality sharpening each other because, you can and feel their exactly. personality you start to develop a personality too you know it's, what i mean and it's like you, it's like and i'm not gonna lie i feel like i mean uh maybe this is not like it's again probably like a lukewarm take but this idea of imitation is like the 
what, what is it? Imitation is like the, the sincerest form, form of flattery and whatnot. Mm -hmm. All I did was copy people. All and I copied people badly, which is why. Ah, people, oh come ah, on! Ah, that's ah, how you no, get no, good. No no, no 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 no. Let me raise my hand for a moment right there. No no no. So that's like the how new music is made. So there's like this dude from uh, who's the lead, the lead singer from the specials or something was talking about. Oh that's oh, the man. way that we. Well, that from the 80s, like the, you know, like that one, right? So oh, I don't know, man. Specials. This is just a good quote. Look, this is just a good quote, all right? Just let me talk, all right? So basically, he said the way that the new music and new genres happen is you start, you copy, you're trying to copy the people that you really admire and like, but you're not Absolutely. quite there yet. So it ends up coming complete, coming out completely different. And then, exactly. thus new, and then new music is made, <laughs> like, you know? Oh, my God. I don't know about I you guys. Copy. I try to copy like uh, at first I try to copy tendencies. Yeah, like, oh, tendencies. Yeah. Love Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Brandon. good guy. He's I he's he's such a lovely dude. When I yeah. when I first met him, I thought I thought he hated me because he would just send me like <laughs> two word like replies to all my messages. But that's he's yeah. just not effusive. That's how it is. He's and just, sometimes he's just, like it's he's just not very talkative online. Yeah, not in person, some people are completely different he's, IRL than they are right. URL. Everybody's different. Yeah, you know? he is Everybody. quite different. Yeah. Do you guys remember yeah. feeling like super alone before you found the community? Like, I don't know if you guys are anything like me, but I was like, oh man, I'm the only person that likes this stuff. Where's, you know, like, I need to find some people yeah. that are like me. And then you kind of develop yep. your own, yep. like, I don't make music, yep. but like, you kind of develop your own technique. And then it's like this breakthrough moment when you finally find like a group of people that are similar or like a collective or just rising within the community and bouncing ideas off of each other like you guys are talking about. Sure. I would go even further. I would go even further than that. So after I found that community, it was like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like this is this is fantastic. This is definitely something it's like that family. Is going to help me kind of like push. Yeah, exactly. It's like family. It's like it's like this this group of people that you can kind of like exchange ideas with. They can not only like you can not only like send ideas to them, but you. It's not just really about like just you know like exchanging musical ideas with them these are people that like you genuinely just become friends with and like mm -hmm. you have like like connections you For you sure. you share like you share like you know like you, you have this level of like intimacy and trust like with with you know these like people that that are basically your friends and and yep. they they allow you to kind of like form these memories that like mm -hmm. that, like otherwise like that are very like forming like of like who you become later on in life but i would say yeah, i would go even sure. further than that i oh. would say that like there was a point in which you know, I found a community, and I was really happy that you know I was able to find this community online. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Damn, this is great!" But all these people are like scattered all across the world. Like nobody that I know is no really shit, close right? To me. And it's like, it's like I that that did not change until a I was old enough to travel <clears> by myself, and b I met Discoholic by chance. Oh, I thought what you by chance? College. Story so, time. So okay, so story time. Okay. Montem was in its early inception. It was probably about late, maybe mid mid to late. It was probably like September or October 2016. At the time, I was in a Discord call in like the what would what was the early stages of the Montem Discord server with uh, Lagoon and SDR, uh, two friends from the UK, and we were just chilling out, we were just listening to music, talking and whatnot. And I don't know who it was out of the two of them, but they were like, yo, holy crap, I just found this guy. You should definitely ask him if he, if he would want to release music on Montem. Uh, it was after, I think, Volume 1 had dropped or something like that, or maybe a little bit before that. So I get this, you know, I'm looking through this account, and, you know, I'm seeing, like, really, really cool remixes. I'm like, hey, this guy's name is Discoholic. Cool. So I, so I, but I don't want to, like, come across as, like, 
kind of like release on my label now right know, random stranger so i'm just like hey man you know uh, uh some some roster members told you know kind of recommended that i check out like your music you have some really cool stuff and i think you're really talented um i'm not asking if you want to do any releases or anything but i'm just asking like do you want to exchange contact info do you want to like join like my labels like discord server and just talk and see how things go let me know and he was like yeah absolutely cool uh can you can i add you on facebook and i was like sure so i pull it up and i'm of course i'm not going to give out his real name but uh i saw where he lives and i was like oh my god he literally goes to like 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 the sister college of like my school like we don't go to the same school but we literally go to school like 30 minutes away from one another. Oh, okay. Wow. Like, yeah, because it's unbelievable. Like, I've, seen you, I, like, I've seen you in his comedy what are the videos before. So I was like, yeah, oh, no, he must know you from college. He's, he's like, he's like, uh, he's like 45 minutes away from me. And it's just like, I added him and I was like, what? You live like 30 minutes away? Are so cool. Me? He was like, dude, this is insane. Um, and we literally met up. And the first thing that he did, like, like when we met up, is put this like prop and he was like we're filming a skit for my new album illusion you're gonna have to i'm gonna record you in front of this like strip mall saying wow this sucks and wow this is great <laughs> i feel like i do. remember that that was that was how he introduced himself to me oh that's so funny that was the first time i ever met him and i was like oh my god what is going on right now okay fine i'll do it and that i think that video is no actually it's on it's on um it's on a, a youtube channel that's private isn't it a so really fascinating? Isn't it a fascinating it's just thing to um, be like? You know, we're used to saying, "Oh, this is my friend from high school. Oh, I've been, I've known him for eight years. Oh, this is my friend from college. Oh, I've known right. him since I was so and so age." And then, "Oh, this is my friend from work. Or I grew up by them. Or I live right. by them now. Or we met at a club." And then you have to be like, "Oh, this is my friend. I've known them for like ten years. Where do you know them from? The internet music scene. They're one of my really good friends of mine. They're one of the most reliable friends. Like the longest, like the oldest friends I have. And it's like right. from the internet music scene. And mm -hmm. It's such a strange thing to say. And I'm really grateful." for that because how it's, would I have met some of these people otherwise but through this world and it's I really mean, enriched my life even, even adding further context should be like oh wow how did you meet this alcoholic yeah literally I was in a call with my internet friends from the United Kingdom and they found him yeah right? that's and like and he ended up being 30 minutes away never that that's how I being 30 minutes away well I got like I met up, a stranger on yeah, the internet I, I got hooked up with the guys from Virtua, you know, 94 to help me with Terminally Chill because I actually did not know, wasn't familiar with them, but um, Twin Pines suggested them to me, and that's oh, how man. I met them. So, Twin Pines yeah. is the whole reason I heard about my uh, co-DJ that I was co-DJing with before the pandemic here. Oh, man. Twin really? Pines is yeah. like the fucking matchmaker what a, what a of the Vaporwave scene. Hey, what a weird guardian angel he is. As long as he's out there, I'm like, you know, this is all doing just fine. <laughs> as long as I <laughs> interesting nice. character but um anyway uh so okay and then you um so so daft punk is the first bit is the first big thing that moved you um yeah. what was it like to feel like you were making progress did you what was the sensation you had when you maybe saw that you know you got posted on like uh you know artsy and then you had all these views was that like an extreme form of validation for you and like extreme validation as an artist i mean that's a very important yes. thing 100%. yeah right it was like literal like it was i was so happy i i like screamed 
Did you like, feel like could not did you feel like you were screaming and laughing? Did you feel like you were now doing something that was important? Like you 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 got it. Like this is validation. I mean, I am onto something. I or like you're making impossible. a difference. You're being your you know? truest self. Feel, yeah, I felt like I felt like I don't think I thought that I was making a difference at the time, but I was like just thankful to be making dance music that that kind of revolved around like my personal style and mm. it being recognized i still yeah. had like looming feelings of feeling like i'm maybe copying other people too much or doing something specifically that is not very uh, unique to me and might make me appear as like a fraud or something like that which yeah. you know a lot of people kind of like deal with but for, for sure. me it was just it was more simple than that. It was literally just me, like, being thankful that, that yeah. people were listening to, to like, a kid making beats, like, m making, like, random tunes, like, based off of, like, you know, like, niche French house producers of the past and whatnot, and just, and just people enjoying it. And, like, I didn't care, like, whatever format it, it kind of came out. I didn't care that, like, the first artsy, like, video, like, barely hit like 20k views it was just like my first like foray into like working with like bigger people it was only later though when when i started getting like actual like personal messages from people who listen to my music that's when i started feeling like way longer into my career that like wow this is like you know i might have these feelings i might have a specific attachment to a specific song there might be one song that's just about having fun or it's just about a specific feeling that i felt at the time there are other songs that talk about like mental health and depression there are other songs that i've made that have talked about love and you know like universal love maybe for for somebody that you care about deeply or just somebody else that's important in your life and then hearing from other people like interpret that and be like oh i met like I met like this really important person in my life and like the, the first song that we listened to on like this road trip was like 810 or like that's so or, special like, or that's yeah. that's when I started to feel like wow it's 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 less people just like listening like in this niche group like kind of just like enjoying stuff that like I have you know put out and more like this music is being played as like people's lifetimes are like passing by like memorable that's so amazing yeah. there are so yeah. many times i've sent messages that like that like, that is like that is like that is like so that is such a that is such a complicated idea to think about how do you imagine oh, well, somebody so else's life? is it a motivator it's crazy. so you know? so uh, it's, it's like, really crazy how do i imagine well, being a part of that equation well, it's just right it's just like almost unreal so, so what's crazy, so I can tell you, I remember, um, so, and Lux is in the chat right now, too, so that's great. So there was this, there was this one time, there was this girl named Tra Triana, I think, or Trina, I can't remember. But she had started listening to, um, you know, an album, the album I put out with Lux, the Lipstick Elite one, back when she was, like, 13 or something. And oh, I remember wow. she would, like, comment on the chart, on our, on our, on, you know, our, fa our, our, our statuses on Instagram or whatever, and, you know, say oh, how much I love it. She'd repost it. And then I remember when it came out on vinyl several years later, you know, she saw it and was like, oh, my God, I can't sell it on vinyl. So I just sent her a copy of it myself. Oh, I you're amazing, I bought her a copy dude. from... But like she You're got it, like, and she was, and she was like, "What an important piece of my life that's now come back to me." Because you look at her at that age, and then you can look at her now, and she's like 18 or 19 or whatever. She's grown up, and you can see how she's changed and all these things. And like this was a part of her life. 
This was a part of this person's journey. And I remember the first time I saw them, and they were 13, and now they're this age. They look completely mm-hmm. different. They're still going on their journey. And you know, you're part of it. Like, that's crazy. Like, you, I, this person who's a human being that's changing over time and developing and turning into an adult, and, and I'm part of something that's a really strong impression. You know, I've, got, I've gotten these that messages is, before, too. I'm so glad that I sent those messages. About. But, but with that girl, I could see, you know, I've gotten these messages before too, but with that girl, I saw, like, the young girl and then the person who's kind of becoming an adult. And, like, wow, I'm like, that person, they grew up. Look at that. I'm a part of them growing up. I think about that with Terminally Chill too. You could be the Daft yeah. Punk for that person. Well, I think about that with Terminally Chill a lot too, that this is going to be a part of people's lives when they look back in their 20s and they're a little bit older. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, we used to party all the time. We went to this one party. Like, it's, it's cute, right. man. It's, it's, it's really special. It changed it almost, my life. It almost... It, it, it I, I would say terminally changed my life, a hundred percent. And me, I mean, me too. Wow. Like, That's yeah. A, thank you. Cannot wait to play. <laughs> of course. I mean, I mean, it was, it was like, I mean, it's one of the funnest parties that I ever performed at. It was oh, like definitely you. like one thank of this like the, these men. It was for me. It was like, like this like mental block that I had with performing because I had kind of gotten screwed yeah. over in the past, and it was just yeah. like, it was just like playing that and like aesthetic nights and whatnot yeah. like even though it was like a kind of like a like a guest like a secret set it was just kind yeah. of like this like there's like <laughs> i told you to bring a usb kind of like, stick because well maybe <laughs> like, right be prepared it was just like it was just like feeling feeling free for the first time in a while i remember you but, told me that you pulled the car over on the side of the road and and called up your girl and was like should i do should this, I do this? Am I, what am i doing right now is this worth it yeah yeah. Right. And like, would maybe you know the anxiety? Is the, anxi- is the anxiety was, worth it? You know what I mean? Right. Like. Speaking of mental block, like I had a lab. I had a lab the next day. Remember? Oh, that? I remember. Oh, wow. Oh, of course, I remember. That's a great story. I've told that story before to people. You took a chance. <laughs> I have. I've heard about that. Oh my god, I was so tired the next day. I don't even know how I was like mentally functioning that next day. Worth it. I don't know. Aww. I don't regret it at all. You did it, man. It was so much. Well, I told you when you were done your set, like, you know, you can start going home. And you're like, no, I think I'm going to hang out for a little bit. And, and uh, you know, and B2B with like me and James and Pat, you know what I mean? Because we're, we're, like, we're, we're just going to B2B now. If you want to go, you can go home. And you're like, oh, no, stay for a little bit. That was so fun. One of my yeah, favorite we're, things we're you've done back. is when you uh, had that little sketch where you had your controller. And I guess like you messed up a transition oh, or something, and you were just like, "I'm gonna fucking throw this controller as a skit." I, I think, think you threw it on your skit. bed or I something. I don't think it was a sketch. I think okay. it was a real thing that happened. And I was just like, "I feel that I so an much," outtake. and I'm so glad that he did that because it validates me. <laughs> that was not a skit. I'm you actually did that and that didn't realize an you were filming. Oh, I that love was it. that was I was very I was I was thinking about posting it just because I thought what it was funny, and it was. You, I appreciate the sincerity. Dude, I, I thought there's there's so much that go into those online shows. Mm-hmm. For me, I literally need to have like a full day of preparation. Sometimes a full day of preparation that I literally that I really don't have. And right. getting that whole thing set up, like like kind of trying to like record that whole thing, and you know trying out different ways of recording it, setting up certain things when you don't have the necessary equipment and whatnot. It was a mess, and my webcam was quite old and I couldn't get the white balance and the contrast and the exposure set up on it right without it looking all messed up and record box oh my god record box fucking record box dude fucking record (laughs) if I think about record box too much I will literally lose my mind but um but like (laughs) but yeah there was like this latency issue that kept happening and you can hear in the beginning of it 
it kept like skipping. It was like totality yeah. playing, and it kept skipping. And I was already like 15 minutes into recording the set. Uh. I'd done that five times, five times. And I said, if this stupid lag, like this stupid audio lag, happens one more time, I'm done. And that was just my genuine reaction. I literally wanted to break I have that. felt that on a spiritual like, level I, so many times. I, yeah. I threw it I threw it on my bed because I was like I don't have money to like to like buy a new one. But you yeah. don't know how how much I just wanted to I was so different. Rationality went out. Break it over your knee. Headache. I just wanted to break it over my my knee or smash it on the floor and just like scream. It was <laughs> I got you. And that happens a lot. That frustration I, happens a lot. I felt I so validated, man. I, appre I appreciate the rationality there, though, of I really wanted to smash it. No, I have to keep this as expensive. You know, I, I appreciate right. that control. I just, That's an important just, thing for people. It, it, like, I mean, of course I was mad, but it's like there are so many Your things. Is that, real, like, yeah. yeah, it was just there's so many things that, like, Fucking electronics, for me, dude. I, I can't I, I can't take for granted like mm -mm. I, I like at that time again I was I was in a position until like lately thank God you know I'm I'm like in a better financial position now so not great because I'm only doing part-time work at like my university and you know it's not like I'm in a position to like move into an apartment and just like start my life I still got two semesters of school left so I'm quite limited on the money that I can make the the work that I can do and it's like you know two hundred fifty dollars still kind of a big deal to me you know yeah, not as much of sure. a big deal as it as it as it was but it's a lot of money money's and, money man absolutely and i can't just destroy that because i'm because i had a bad day yeah for sure absolutely it's just gonna make my life even harder i'm gonna be i'm going to take that misery and i'm going to take it to me when i go to bed that night and i'm gonna be miserable the next day because i destroyed my controller when i didn't have to yeah, that's the thing, is is the idea of just limiting the misery that you cause yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you know, we get so mad and we, we want to be yeah. rash. We want to say something bad to somebody. We want to do something bad. We want to, and we don't, we don't, it's important to not do that. Because like you said, the misery will carry over. You know what I mean? Think before it's, you act. It's great when, it's great when you have the privilege and the funds to, to do that in front of like a crowd of people and just be able to replace your equipment pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not at that leisure so it's just just got to work with what I what I what I have you know same thing that happened today you know had kind of a bad day you know yeah like a lot of work you know come yeah. come here setup is kind of weird what yeah. can you do you just roll with the punches and just try it like I'm a stubborn person I, I I feel like when I when I decide on something I see it through like I'm punctual sure. what and I try to I just try yeah. to, I just try to like make the best of what i what i got you know make the best of a shitty situation that's i that's think all, it's, really all you can do yeah i think it's really important to you know when you when you could do something to sort of try and elevate the form of whatever you're doing to just you know what i mean like yeah i i hate i if i don't you know i hate if if i'm going in and if i'm, I'm just slogging through it and and i'm just gonna make myself more miserable and worse at least i can be proud that i did a good, did a good job at whatever i did even if it was a, a thing i didn't necessarily want to do mm-hmm Absolutely. This is Sarah's oh, Who's this? By the way. Oh, oh, nice, nice. But she smells so bad. Yeah. Hey, but you yeah, have there's a lot of. Go ahead. You you have a studio, or is that correct? You're gonna work on yes. the studio. So um so Montem Studios is a thing that while yeah I have my own studio and Montem Studios is basically my personal studio right now, but it's also something no, I, that yeah, I've been personally. Want to get to the other thing that you're talking about Woo! about uh it's gonna be open to other artists. 
So, so the idea is that I'm transitioning a lot of my commission work that I had done previously just under like Fiber over yeah. to Montem Studios. The idea is that right now, Montem Studios is a rebranding of the commission work that I have been doing for a while now. Kind of mm -hmm. like with more upgraded gear, like under my belt, um, a more formal like submission process, kind of like streamlining a lot of that and bringing it all under the Montem like LLC umbrella. It just mm -hmm. makes things easier for me. But right now, it's kind of to lessen the burden of the fact that a lot of like um, a lot of physicals are being delayed right now. And, oh yeah. You know there are things that we personally can't do for a while until that kind of starts to slow down a little bit until you know demand goes down and the shortage is a little bit better tolerated i think but over time we are planning on making montem studios like like something that like is, is a rentable studio that artists could come to like very much like uh, like motorbase studios like in, nice. in paris and whatnot you know wow. and that would be fantastic you know like I've been very adamant, like, a lot, for, for a lot of, like, my producer career, I hated the fact that when I started off making music, I was trying to make music that my idols were making, but it just so happened that those, uh, those, those Frenchies were, like, were, like, really, really anal about, like, just, like, not telling anybody. Oh, yeah. Like, how they do how they, trade how they secrets do their process such. like how they exactly exactly trade secrets and whatnot and i had to piece everything bit by bit the best that i could and i felt like that was something that like like now that i finally figured it out now that i'm stubborn enough to kind of do it i can provide that to people and like help Good people you, find man. answers that they had been struggling to that's what i did with pad like he wanted to know Hell a lot yeah. about this type of music and kind of like what went to, into it. So I helped him a lot with production. I helped him kind of like learn to DJ for the first time. And he Whoa. asked me for recommendations on DJ controllers and whatnot. Like I literally like him, like, and I guess a few other people, but myself included were like helping him like learn how to DJ through iMessage. Like that's amazing, um, dude. And that's, that's kind of what I want to do. That's kind of what I want to do like that's what i want like part of my career to be about about helping other people like kind of like achieve their goals you know i i feel like it there needs be to be more people like you kind of keep it to myself yeah like and somebody the uh, sleep pattern actually in the chat said that open information is always the way to go well i think that there are certain things that like you know it's good to kind of add to the mystique of like of like uh you know like your artist's name or like your label or whatever brand that you're Fair. kind of like representing and whatnot it kind of you know helps like drive you know like people like to to be interested in what you're doing but i definitely do think that like a really important part of the work that i've done is just helping people out with like with like music and that's kind of why i started making doing commissions like i had been doing audio engineering for montem for quite some time and i just thought this is something that i can offer to like a lot of people and not just do future funk do do like other forms of dance music and stuff that it isn't just dance music and well, I'm doing, also, I've done stuff for St. Pepsi and like the Phantom's Revenge. It's just 
insane to think about. Just great. yeah, very cool. You you well, you remastered you know my album. Obviously, Skeleton Lipstick yeah. was the no. That's so, right. You do a lot of mastering. I, 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 well, that was hard because I didn't have like I couldn't like I don't think I have the this is an older album. I don't think yeah. I have the original files anymore. I'm like these are all at oh, max yikes. volume. Like what can you do to uh, just kind of clean it up a little bit? And you did a phenomenal job. So you know you're you you worked in a lot of different sort of genres now. And you wear a lot again, of hats. Appreciate that. X close the melts. You can get this on vinyl from Needle Juice Records, remastered by Fiber. And I wanted to go with Fiber. Beautiful really record. It is a beautiful, right? Such a cool color. Yeah. And I was like, I remember they. I remember being like, well, who do I want to get to remaster this? I'm like, well, I definitely want to get Fiber because he comes from a bit of a different production world than I do, but I mm -hmm. believe he thinks relatively similar to me and has very excellent taste in music. And I'm like, I think he'll do an interesting thing with this. And maybe give it a give it a little bit of a, a little dash of another kind of energy that will will help it out. And uh, you, you did; it was fantastic. Like that first, they asked me. You know, I was originally you know thinking about like maybe like Angel or or, or Zach from Dune Trip. I remember you yeah, talking course, to me about absolutely. that. But I almost thought I'm like you know that might be a little too on the nose. And I was like, let me talk to someone else though. Let me talk to my friend Fiber or my friend Alex over here who, you know, thinks pretty similar to me, but is from a different production world and i think that might be and i think that's a good way to approach a lot of things sometimes is to is to I, i'm a big fan of like reaching across the table to the different in what you're doing kind of with hyperpop right now it's like reaching yeah. across to understand and and bring other people together you know what i mean and bring other ideas together 100 yeah increase that fluidity of ideas and and genres and and, I have a, and sounds i have a question for you though for when me? i sent you yes when i sent you those first whips Yes. I know you kind of told me, like, for, for your album, I know that you told me that, like, yeah, this sounds great. And, you know, we kind of worked and, you know, adjusted that at first. But what was your first reaction to, like, hearing those tracks, like, in a different light? Like, what'd you, what'd you, what'd you feel about it? Because I had never done anything like that before in my life oh, up until that point. So, yeah, that's a really good, interesting question. Cause like, I was a little bit precious about this. I was like, you know, I've been listening to them one way for a long time. But I had been and listening that's, to that's those. a big part. That's a big part, by the way, when I when I work with people, even if I'm mastering or like mixing and mastering a track, people expect like they get demoitis and they mm -hmm. expect a song to sound a specific way. Oh, yeah. And oh. I tried it very carefully. No. Remastered versions of songs no. can really bring so out different I, parts. And change I them had a lot. lived. So I had lived with those songs long enough to be like, let's do something else with them. I'm a person mm -hmm. who likes who's dynamic about ideas and sounds. And doesn't like to sort of, I'm not terribly, I don't long for the old days of this or that or, 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 yeah. or I'm stuck in one way of listening to things. I prefer them to change over time and I was ready for things to change a little bit. And I thought it was the right amount of change. It was just some extra sort of spices within <clears throat> the, uh, you know, the, you know the, the braised beef of the song, basically. Mm -hmm. Just there was a slightly well different flavor, but it was still the same dish, basically. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it was still yeah. the same dish, but now I had some extra flavors to it, and I, I was ready for that. And I was—that was my reaction. Was it still sounded like me? It still sounded like my songs, um, but now there was a little bit. There was a new dynamic in it. You know what I mean? And for me, it was a, I'm it was a breath, a breath of fresh air. That, I'm glad that you feel that way because that's pretty much my goal when I work. I on don't stuff. come in. It's like yeah, I don't want stuff to sound no. like like a fiber track. Because no, that's and not I don't what come in. Are, like commissioning to do. And I ask you yeah. to do it because I have an idea of what your music sounds like. I know what your production sounds like, and I know who you are personally, 
you know, and like musically and intellectually, and that's why I like I choose this person, and it's like it's like the same reason I choose a tattoo artist. I don't yeah. come in. I'm choosing the tattoo artist because of what their work is like, right? Mm-hmm. I don't really think it's the. I think that's like if you hire somebody for anything, whether it be mastering or to do a song with them or whatever. Like you don't go to them and say, "I want this, 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 this," and have a long laundry list. You have an idea in your head of what you want. You kind of let them take artistic them, control, and then you let them. Well, yeah. Why would I hire somebody unless I could trust Absolutely. their artistic? control I'd, I'd go to a fucking yeah. robot i'd do it my fucking self then i just right? i'd do what you did i would just go online and look up a bunch of shit you know what i mean until it was yeah. right but no i pick people because of, of that of who they are as an artist you know what i mean yeah. and that goes for mastering too you know what i mean i pick mm-hmm. who masters the work because of who they are as an artist as a person as an individual as a personality there's a general idea of what i want but what i want is that person you know what I mean? And I want their energy. Cool, cool, cool. So why the fuck would I hire someone to master and then just give them all these like shit that I want them to do? It just right. it doesn't feel feel so cold. It feels so uh, yeah cold to me. I've done it before though. Like there, you know, it's like working and well, stuff depends, like this. You, it depends you on who to, you're you working to, with, I guess. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Every so, client. I mean, is there's there's I mean. li- li- this but, is this is already ones, yeah. The fun this... ones like kind of like what 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 you're doing. You know, like uh, being yeah. kind of like open to like the ideas of how this can be like expanded a little bit further. Well, you know, this is like I'm not choosing mastering people. I mean, like it's like a whole I, the people I'm choosing for mastering. I already know they know what they're doing. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't have yeah, absolutely. It's the best thing to do in life most of the time is to pick people to work with or work for you or ask to hire you already know are competent you know what i mean yeah because then you don't have to micromanage them i mean i hate that it's the worst Uh, thing in the world having to babysit people's worst i I hate micromanaging like i don't want to do that you want to pick people you're not saving yourself any energy and this happened and well this happens to me like i mean even like professionally at my work right like i don't have the luxury of being able to pick people who are an artist to work on my art like i have to pick assistants managers etc cetera, etc cetera. and the, yeah you get people that you have to micro i wish you got to appeal to micromanage i hate doing it but you have to to teach them like every little thing so in my art world yeah. you know what i mean in the art world i operate in i like to pick people to work with who i already understand are competent and have done a bunch of things that i already like or i or, or and respect you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that way i have to think a lot less you know yeah i can let I go a little that- control and I like I to control that, things like, a lot. <laughs> like, oh, I like yeah. To... Like, I mean, you know, I'm, 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 I'm similar. I'm similar to that. Yeah. And, and that kind of ties into, like, I guess something that I personally, like, because you were talking a little bit about, like, how you hate micromanagement and whatnot. Uh-huh. I think I'd be willing to take it to, like, maybe a little bit more of an unrelated level. But when you were talking about that, about, like, micromanagement, it kind of reminded me of some instances in which I'm not going to name names, obviously, but people that I have worked with in music, not just in commissions and whatnot, that just like never got back to me and just it just made me want to like pull my hair out. Like just because like like I would hear from somebody and they'd be like, Yeah, I'm gonna do this basic task and then I just don't hear back from them for like three months. It's like what are we doing here, Damn. man? So that that's I guess that's that's one of my hot takes. I one of your don't biggest work gripes with people I don't one of the biggest gripes that I have with working with people is like totally i get it when you're like at a show and you're like oh my god we should work on something and then it doesn't happen oh yeah right? yeah that's, something uh-huh. that's just adulthood dude that's just adulthood and you're just like this is just like a form of networking and whatnot i get that but it's like when when people are depending on you on a project and you you have responsibility you acknowledge that you have a responsibility because we're all adults here right and you just completely 
it's not like necessarily just like fail once, but you just fail over and over and over and over again. Right. And like it's consistent. People are expecting you to do things. Like, and this happened for me as well in the early stages of Montem. You can't really expect people to just like have the patience, you know? Right. And it's like, I work with people that sometimes, sometimes I will make sacrifices on people who are like, you know, like they're not like super like easy to contact because they make they make good music they, they're consistent in that and they clearly have a passion for it and it's worth working with those people you know and 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 i think i think that like having that wiggle room is very important because you can't expect people to always be perfect you know i'm not i'm not like a psychopath or anything like that right but in in extreme instances when you work with somebody and they just they're just completely ungiving in terms of like this reciprocal relationship that you have with them like in terms of like you know and this happens in friendships as well like i scratch my you scratch my back i scratch yours right right and then that Mm -hmm. doesn't happen like at all and you just keep giving it chance after chance after chance it's just like i can't i can't do you know i can't do like a business i can't have a business relationship with you we're probably better off as just friends I you like gotta music, really vet these but, people that, that you end up working with, right? Because yeah, a lot of people want to do. Out of that. Yeah, man, a lot of people want to do the thing. They want to. They want like, oh, 100%. we should work together. Oh, we should make a song together. Oh, can I do your show? Oh, can I play your venue? They want to do it, and they have no idea. Like, you know, they're not ready, and they're not. They don't know how or to how time to management or how to put the work in. They just want to do the thing, and they just want to show up, and like you do, do all the, the other shit, and like that well, is... they just—it's just like a dream to them. Like it's a—it's a daydream for them. They're like, oh, maybe I can just—it'll all work out, you know. Mm-hmm. And they don't yeah. actually realize that translating they don't think a about daydream the into reality, translating a daydream into reality is a real difficult task. You, know? like, you guys both did it. They get, it's well, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's fantastic to have. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, da- have I don't drive and yeah. to prepare I mean, it. You look, know? look, I don't daydream. I plan. Like that's kind exactly. of exactly. Yeah, but the plans <laughs> start no, from great. something. It's fantastic. Well, it's I know. Fantastic. I'm making a little. To, I'm making a little yeah. Nike logo logo sound thing you right now. You poet, you just do it. Yeah, I don't dream. I plan. Look, put that on a big dog shirt or something. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I don't fucking know. Uh, but yeah, like the thing is that people like they see something cool happening or they have an idea of how cool something would be and they're like, oh, this is a cool thing. Let's da, da, da. And then like they have no idea how to execute it. They have no idea how to plan it. And then, then you're doing all the stuff and then you're like, oh, great. And then they're going to finally, when their turn comes up to do something, they're going to totally just like be looking at me asking questions the whole time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like how to do stuff. I feel uh. like I mean I, f- I feel like there there are instances in which I mean I I've had experiences with this over time and I try to minimize those experiences as much as I can because it's just like you know I get it that like you know maybe you and I or like other people you know we all kind of come from different walks of life have different experiences and whatnot other people can help with other things better than other people can you know somebody mm. who has more experience with show planning would be probably better off with like that show planning as opposed to i don't know working on like the art or the visuals or like yeah. getting everything linked up for sure. for yeah sure. exactly and you outsource that and i outsource that a lot because not yeah, because i course. can't do it but rather because sometimes i just do not have the time it, it takes a village to yeah. make these things happen it's it not exactly. just one person it's ridiculous and, and you want like, the right and, people as, as in the village you want to give the right people passports to the village you know exactly. there you go and, there you and go I well said that, i think that 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 is a good way of putting it and i think it's just like that yeah you want to minimize like i, I guess kind of like working with people that um you know, it's just like it's. There's nothing wrong with dreaming. There's nothing wrong with being like, "Wow, I really want to play a nice show and whatnot." That's great. You know, if that if that 
it that let, lets you sleep at night that's fantastic and it's like it's great to have a dream i had I, I have i had dreams that that you know i wanted to put out a vinyl record that was literally a dream it was but it, but it was rather just like the persistence and and the work that goes into it and acknowledging that you know like doing something and thinking of an idea is way way different than absolutely all the ex execution and the work that is going to be yeah, necessary to build up sure. to get to that point you can't just for rely sure. on one person to do it so, and you guys no. seem like that patient people. That was the thing that just pissed me off when I just work with other people. And that's not yeah. to say that like that like those people are bad or anything like that. No, no it's just this all. isn't just that's that, not their wheelhouse. Yeah, it's not that easy. No, it's just it's not so. exactly. And they could maybe, but they just maybe aren't ready to figure out how to do that and to put the work in to do that. I don't know. Maybe they would be someday. That's the thing too Man. is a lot of people sometimes would yeah. be ready Sunday, but it's just it's not that day sometimes when they come in to talk to you or ask you for Thanks things. Thanks for the follow, bro. It's it's we need to get some actual hot takes. We keep agreeing with with ourselves. I got a, I got well, a question you know, for you actually that I've been wanting to ask the whole time. What's Daft Punk's sure. most overrated song? Hmm. I think a lot of the I think like I guess that's not an answer. I was gonna say a lot of the Daft Club album, but nah, because they're remixes. I think like maybe in my opinion it would probably be. Yeah, I guess probably Overture. Overture okay. on Daft Club. Because people were bagging on One More Time in the chat, bro. So I had yeah, to see what you yeah, knew, what like, you thought about that. Yeah, I really I really like One More Time. I feel like, I, I mean, if it oh. wasn't for One More Time, I wouldn't be here. Right? Hey, I don't that's why I had to ask you. I'm like, like, we got five minutes left. I've yeah. got to ask them this. We we played we played a we, we played a remix version of One More Time at Terminally Chill NorCal. I saw that. People loved it. By the way, man, that was a fun event. But this goes to another point that I was talking about earlier about how, like, if you want to start being setting up parties, doing DJ, you got to learn a, a, a few things. Like, you have to be ready for a lot of shit to go wrong. Like, you cannot oh, freak out. And things aren't as forgiving in party world as they are in show world. So when we got to Terminally Chill NorCal, um, we got there an hour early to set up, like me and, and Fanta Cat and some of our friends, right? And and Frank and some of our friends and we got there and like we so the the venue is a deck right it's a deck and the deck is attached to the Thai restaurant but mm -hmm. once the Thai restaurant begins to close down the kitchen they, we you know it becomes a, a little venue outdoors right with like a disco ball and like a little gazebo sort oh, of thing. Oh, that it was cool. outdoors. I was actually wondering. But that's that. how people could hear it. It was on like well, it's technically outdoors, but it's 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 also on uh, like a gazebo. Like it's still like kind of an indoor, but with an outdoor like well anyway. Gotcha. The point is yeah. though that when we got there, they still hadn't even closed down the thing yet there was like about eight tables of people there you know little full, like tables that we moved before the party starts but there's people at tables eating food like having like drinks with friends and stuff and we're getting ready there an hour early to set this thing up and it's we can't oh even God. do it because people are still eating so we're like i'm like we're all hanging around and anytime anybody stands up i grab the chair i move it and another person stands nice. up grab the chair move it until there's a taking control until there's no, no, until the there's enough room to set up the fucking sound system because right. we have to now get we have to set up the speakers there y'all had to closet. supply the speakers and everything no, 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 no. We had to set them up. Okay, they, they had, had them. You the, had to set them up. They're in gotcha. the place's closet, but, like, we had to set them up ourselves. What a goddamn nightmare, dude. We had to set up the sub-base. Sub-base. We had to set up the deck. I'm going to let you do that. Me and Fantacats, the control that me and Fantacat used, plus Frank Jobs, he's, you know, thing that he was using. Get the mixer yeah, ready. We had to sound test this shit, man. We had to set up the whole fucking thing, and we're, like, sweating because we couldn't even, like, really have enough room. No, no, no. I know. It's really, like, really... 
But it's like really huge speakers. It's like the big sub base. It's basically, you know, setting up the whole system outside over there on that thing. But we had to do it. You have to do it. You have to be ready to do these things. You can't freak out because nobody's going to know how to do these things aside from the person who's doing it. You're the only one with something to lose. And this happens in a lot of venues I go to sometimes where they don't have the stuff set up. The sound guys don't know what to do. There's nobody there. Right, they don't care. And, like... You gotta really like. It's a lot. I really gotta work on. I I don't don't know how to do any of that, bro. I don't know how to do any of that. Like, you gotta take some deep breaths and be like, gotta do what you gotta do, right? Right. Um, Yeah. It's now or never. Like a lot of life. I just gotta remind myself of that. We had to set up everything. We sound checked it, and you know what? It worked. It was great. Awesome. Of course. But this happens a lot when you. But like, that's the thing. It's like daydreaming is one thing, but the actual stuff when it starts happening. Man, it does not go fluidly. Having that mental breakdown 24 hours before it is well, another thing. Well, just you have to be able to problem solve on the fly, right? Yeah, That's 100%. important. So, like, you know, people want to do things, and they're not ready for it, and then they don't know how to do it, and then it's a disaster. So, like, you know, you got to really, really know what you're doing before you do anything big, or at least just know how to how to roll with issues, you know what I mean? Right, like, absolutely, I guess, yeah. I guess panic control is a good thing to have. <laughs> You guys want to wrap it up and do our shout-out sesh? Shit, has it already been too 100%. It's almost it time, and I know you're tired. Right. Alex, we like to do a little bit of a, a small session at the end where you get to say whatever you want. Shout-out anyone you want. Promote anything you want. You have the floor. Absolutely. Go right ahead, my friend. Okay. So uh, please check out my label, Montem. Uh, you can check it out on monte.me. So that's just like the website itself, M-O-N-T-A-I.me. Um, we also have uh, SoundCloud.com slash Montem. A lot of uh, Montem roster members and a lot of music that I personally drop is on there. Just recently dropped a, uh, a remix of Jed Will's Garden. Um, that's up on Spotify now. Please playlist it because I'm going to absolutely need it. Like when when <laughs> when this track yes, utterly sir. fails. Like, you know, <laughs> no, no, sir. I'll put you on what Skelly listening no, to this week. I'll put you on hey, what Hey, that's a glowing endorsement. Thank you. Appreciate it. But um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't make it on the Future Funk playlist, darn. I I figured that that was gonna be the case for that one. It was just way different. But but yeah, like um, and so on top of that, I had a major announcement happen, which actually part of the reason why I was a little bit late because I had to pull off onto the side of the dang road to do this. Um, Fiber Eight Ten Complete Edition is coming out on Neon City. Yeah, it's cassettes are going to be dropping on uh, August 10th. It's going to be 200 cassettes. Oh, next vinyl Tuesday. is coming soon. Um, yeah, vinyl is coming. Yeah, on my birthday. So what? Um, Happy early so birthday! Yeah. Happy Thank early birthday. you. Um, so and I'm, I'm going to be turning 23. Oh my god. Jesus. But, um, yeah. I'm only so 23. I, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. Um, it's going to be 200 tapes. Uh, that's going to be dropping on August 10th. Later on in August, we're going to be dropping, I think it's going to be 400 records, but a date is not confirmed for that. So keep your eyes peeled. Redesign artwork from Shiho So. This is going to be the last repress of 810 that I ever do. I did the deluxe version, and the complete edition is basically the deluxe version. So the original tracks, all the bonuses, plus two new bonuses. Sick. I think it's the it's the Fiber and Eevee collab and a brand new song that's never been released. Ooh. And then that's it. I'm I'm saying goodbye to it, you know. Yep. Please grab this. Please help me pay my my student loans off. I'm trying <laughs> to get rid of them. Uh, and then you got and this, then, bro. Uh, and then uh, and then afterwards, I'm going to be slowly working on uh, my next album. Montem is actually going on hiatus from 
September to December. Mm. So we're probably going to have some singles planned for that. We're probably going to start working on our upcoming compilation, which will probably drop sometime next summer and more. Yeah, I'm going to be probably just working on, like, learning piano and, like, taking Ooh. up guitar and, like, singing and stuff like that. I really cool, want to do songwriting cool. for my next album, and cool, I think it's time to do that. You know? Yeah, I, I found that it's I believe gonna, in you. I actually don't. Yeah, I usually organize it by, like, I do a few... I save a few chords for my chorus, save a few chords with a verse, and then I just collage it together usually. To, you know, oh, eight chords here, four chords here. Eh, I don't know. It's That's a smart way of doing it. I don't do yeah. it that way. I just kind of, like... Like, once it's time to actually write that, I just try to piece it together, like, forcefully, like a puzzle. Which, huh. probably not the best way of doing it, but, you know. Well, everyone develops a style. Honestly, mm -hmm. I feel like it's always a good idea to let people just do what they do and figure it out their own way. I feel like everybody yeah, probably writes chords yeah. differently. Yeah, I think so. I just think it's... it's I, I personally, like, when... And I'm not going to go too deep into this. When I was really, like, artistically blocked... I just looked at a lot of interviews of like artists that I really highly look up to and, and kind of like try to analyze like what their what their oh, produ sure. production process is and That's the way smart. that they think about making music because it was just just really inspiring to hear people like talk about how they created like some of the songs that I loved the most. Yeah. And that seemed to bring me more creativity, like different ways of like thinking of music. And uh, yeah. also probably incites and small tidbits of what I've learned For sure. into something that is unapolo unapologetically fiber. Absolutely. So that's the way I well said. All right. Do I have to? Do you have to shout out anything, Shiro? Uh, uh let's see. Um, well, for starters, um, we were featured on Groovy Kaiju's new album, so that's super cool. Yeah, um, I haven't ooh. had a chance. To, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Dude, but the intro track with my, Visceral. It, it's you going, come on, I, give me some fucking opinions, and me going, I'm I, so sorry, I, and I don't remember what I was apologizing about. I hear that for samples <laughs> on it. I haven't had a chance, because I've been busy this weekend, so I haven't had a chance to listen to it. But it's I will, it's pretty I cool, man. I mean, it's Groovy Kaiju. I'm very excited to hear it. If you love, like Future Funk. Yeah, so, dude, and he actually approached me about it. He's like, him. hey, man, do you mind if we sample? Because he's in Rosewood, my collective. He's, yeah, he approached hey, me, too, he, about Yeah, good. Or something. And you I was like, yeah, man, I'm so Yeah, he's notorious about... Wasn't Groovy? What a great Kaiju personality! Groovy. He's coming on hot takes for sure. Wow! Oh my god! We gotta get him on hot takes. We gotta get him on. He's coming on hot takes for sure. An early FSC member. Oh my god! He, he is, is so fucking charming. dude. He's we one of the most positive, unrelentlessly positive people seems, I've ever met. He he seems like such a such a such a nice guy. He I is one of the most positive people that I've met. Is is Pat. He's taking oh, care of sure. me when I was like hungover, like when oh, he didn't so have to. Cool, I was like, man. dude, I was like, dude, you don't have to do this. I'll just, I'll just suffer. <laughs> that's adorable. And he's just like, no, dude, no, dude. He skipped Sebastian to take care of me. He's such oh a wow, oh, that's a friend, man. You better keep a, him he's, around. He's but. genuine. He's he's such a good friend. I I, I miss him a lot. I Love really yeah. check on him. Shout out Pacific Plaza, doing. by the way, for uh, releasing Groovy Kaiju's music and consistently bringing him on as a. Uh, What's Love the him. damn word yeah. for he when the DJ like is nice always guy. playing? I should, I should, yeah, I can't remember the word. Hit him up and just he's resident so DJ. Yeah. He's a resident like, DJ for the Civic Plaza. In the photos yeah. He's fucking amazing, dude. Uh, I love let, that guy. All right. All right, all right, all right. What do I? Okay, let me do my thing really quick because I know it's getting late. Uh, what do I have? Okay, so as for me, I guess the Vapor Pop compilation comes out next weekend. I've got a song on that. Uh, I've got another track Let's that go. I going to release called uh, Life You Wanted, so as soon as I get the text finished for that, thank you for the recommendation for the text uh, text editing fiber as well, that'll come out 
And um, I guess I have a remix of Pop Culture for U the song Yukon that'll come out on his remix album, which is, I think, going to come out in September. And uh, um, Terminally Chill Philadelphia may be coming back soon. So anyway, Ooh, that's good love it. for now. Love oh, it. And of course, Real Juice. Let's go. Let's um, do I it. was gonna say I was uh, when you said that you were you were uh, you're doing a new a new single. I was thinking like, oh, his brand new single, Vapor Sleeps, and it's just like a lullaby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. This is a different. Yeah, I'm doing the more hypnagogic pop stuff for this next one. I've done that for the last couple of singles, but um, we'll get back to the fun, dancey stuff soon. Yeah, I got a couple other things album. going on too that I didn't mention yet. Um, but I'll let go you. For it. Oh, so you know, we got the groovy kite. We got the Groovy Kaiju shout-out, right, on his new album. Everybody check it out. Thanks for linking Lux. Destroy all monsters. Go buy it. Give that man your money. Uh, I am being featured on an upcoming Sight Sounds and Conversations uh, live stream. Oh. Don't know when yet. Uh, shout-out Codex Boy Encyclopedia. Got a really cool down-tempo and deep house set coming out. Cool, man. A uh, lot of Holy Other, a lot of Luzine, a lot of Ground is Lava type stuff. Um, I've got... Uh, a uh, upcoming uh, event for Halloween. Uh, I think you may or may Ooh. not be participating. The next Homesick Fest. No, um, no I'm, d I'm done with live streams for a little Done with while. live streams. So, so I'm participating in the upcoming Homesick Fest uh, for Halloween. Don't so know what work. I'm going to do, but probably like some dark synth type stuff. You know, Carpenter Brute, Mega Drive, that sort of thing. Oh, very fun. Finally, of very course. Nice. Yeah, man. It'll be like a, you know, a French house, but on steroids, you know. Um, and then um, we've got... Uh, the uh, live show that I'm going to be performing at, hopefully coming up here pretty Ooh. soon. It's not actually announced yet, but uh, in Phoenix, uh, some people that are loosely affiliated with the VA10 Association are planning nice. an wow. actual live show that I've been booked to perform at. So probably can't say much more, but hopefully going to get some Vapor Trap stuff for my set for a live Sweet. event nice. in Phoenix nice. coming up. And uh, yeah, that's, cool. that's, that's what I got. So if Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have anything else? No, man? I'm done. That's good. We're good. Awesome. Fiber, it's been so oh, fun. I, I know you are. I forgot I forgot to mention I am uh, I am quitting Fiber forever, and I'm disappearing from the Oh, Jesus. Ah, Jesus. Forgot. We're going to have to bring up the flames. <laughs> forgot. And the <laughs> damn air horn. Fiber right there. <laughs> Got it. Perfect. Hey, glad you announced that on our show. Um, thanks so much for joining us. I imagine you're really tired, so well, it's a wrap. Um You've been oh, so I'm much gonna, fun to talk to. I'm going to, you. to jump in my very cozy bed. <laughs> you poor yeah, thing. Stay on the line. Stay on the line with me for one second once we get off, though, if you don't mind. No worries. And um, all right, should we log off? All right, guys. Thanks yep. again for tuning in. Right. Don't forget Bye, next next Thank two weeks. So hot takes. Have a lovely night, everybody. See you in two weeks. <laughs>